Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We are back, baby. We are back. R E L A X. Relax. We're gonna be okay. There you go, Aaron. You want to repeat that for us, please? R E L A X. Relax. We're gonna be okay. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and... Guess who's back, 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 back again. Yeah, you know it, you know it. <laughs> and the curse yeah. is lifted, St. Louis. Go ahead and celebrate onto the streets today. The curse has been lifted. Uh, yeah. Everything is Two, fine. Eight, okay. Eight, okay. Two games Forget in about a row. this weekend. Two in a row. Yeah. First, first game, first opening game of a series too. How, oh, yeah. how about that? Kind of ruined our, our know, number right? of the day. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had a chance to, to to sweep a team. That's when. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. And have a winning streak. Oh, it has it happened before. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it's. It, by the way, let me give the time. It's seven oh one. If you didn't realize that, time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Cloudy day in St. Louis. Drive carefully out there. And uh, we've got. Let's see. Coming up, Stan McNeil, our buddy from Cardinal Magazine, coming up at the bottom of this hour. Going to talk to Panger about the hockey playoffs and how the NHL is rigged. Coming up at eight forty-five. <laughs> uh, and then Claves and John Denton. Is, is that the answer we're going with? The Blackhawks having the first pick in the draft? Yeah. It's got to be rigged. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard if things don't go your way, it's rigged. Uh, it, it was a little fishy. <laughs> yeah, there, last was, night. there was some fishiness. Like the way the broadcast yeah. showed it, it was a little weird. So we're not the only ones calling foul. Well, uh. here's the thing quickly on the broadcast they did do the lottery before the actual ESPN broadcast, which I don't think people understood. Yeah. But it, it still definitely didn't help that you probably didn't explain that well beforehand. So then people no. immediately put on the tinfoil hat, right? <laughs> well, in my opinion, Brooke and Carrie, there was only one way that this was not going to be rigged. And that is if the Blues got the number one pick. By the way, Carrie yeah. saw it yesterday. I did a simulation and the Blues had the number one pick. I, I did like 20 of them and most times it was 10 or 11. So I, I think, I don't know if it was as rigged as one would think. <laughs> I want to think that. I want to think that though. You know what's rigged, Randy? This microphone. And, and if you all hear me at some point wrestling with the microphone, it's because yeah. I don't know why, but this this is an, an mm-hmm. awkward position. Yeah, it sounds so, good. Does it? Yeah. It doesn't feel good. It like, feels it very looks, awkward. Yeah, it looks awkward. <laughs> it looks like you're stepping into the studio. <laughs> right. Like I'm going to start crooning. Hey. I don't know how these... I, I don't know. I had problems with these two before. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, step right up to the mic. This is like always a 1960s setup yeah. for the microphone. Every, every <laughs> single day I call Matthew Rocky our producer engineer. He hasn't fixed that yet, though. Can you, can you fix this? Audio engineer. Audio oh. engineer. Ah. Good clarification. I like that. Right. There you go. Anyway, the Cardinals did win last night, and Wilson Contreras came back to town. Yeah, as as a member of the Cardinals. Of course, DH. in Chicago, they, they hate the the Cardinals' DH. But uh, 
he did step to the plate, and they did provide him with a little serenade. Leading off the Cardinals' second inning, designated hitter number 40, Wilson Contreras. On the ground, and welcome back to Chicago, and look at him. Look at Contreras, say booby some more. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then Dylan Carlson stepped to the plate. Line drive, and the Cardinals lead. That ball bobbled in left, but no further advance. Carlson with a line drive to left, and the Redbirds strike first. It's one to nothing. Okay, so, you, so we don't see a lot of good things. That was a good thing to see, wasn't it? A, Contreras getting on base after mm-hmm. the horrific weekend that he had to endure. Thanks, Cardinal front office and manager. <laughs> and then Dylan Carlson kind of getting hot and kind of turning into, into a, a guy who can get hits from the left side. It's amazing what happens when you give people a little bit more at-bats. Yeah. Consistency. Yeah. Mm. When you kind of know where you're going to be at every day. Yep. Mm. <laughs> Miles Michaelis was terrific. The Cardinals take a shutout into the fifth when the Cubs tie it. But then in the sixth inning, the Cardinals, who else but Wilson Contreras, give him a lead. Swing, fly ball, center field. Bellinger looks. Might be, could be. It's off the wall. Run will score. Contreras will slide into second. Big hit for the Redbirds. It's 2-1 to one Cardinals. Our friendship carry on Bally Sports with an homage to his grandfather who gave us the, it might be, it could be, but it didn't, it wasn't an is a home run. Contreras uh, with a fielder's choice RBI in the eighth inning, and that led to a Cardinal victory. Helsley stares his man down. Here comes the payoff pitch in the ninth. Back to the mound. That'll take care of the Cubs. The Cardinals win it 3-1. to one. Their first win in a series opener of the year and a great way to start the road trip at Wrigley Field. And a two-game winning streak. And by the way, the controversy didn't stop before the game. So there were things going on in the clubhouse and I'm sure in the players' minds. So to come away with a victory, I'm sure, made for a better evening in Chicago. Well, yeah. So there was a meeting that happened beforehand that a lot of the writers were kind of covering with Adam Wainwright. Or I guess they did it the day before. With Adam Wainwright, Jack Flaherty, Ollie Marmol, and Wilson Gutierrez, where Adam Wainwright said they just kind of wanted to pour into Wilson Gutierrez. I took that as like pour into a positive, showing yeah. him some love mm-hmm. that they want him here because Wayno said in a quote, basically they wanted to make sure that he heard that and that they felt like he hadn't heard that or was understanding that. And so I thought that was great to see because you're worried going to that game yesterday, right? Of how this will affect Wilson Contreras' confidence. And he responded perfectly at mm-hmm. the plate. He was a complete class act. He even talked to the media yesterday before the game. The way that he has handled himself through this whole situation makes him look fantastic. Class act, a true leader, everything that you would want for a guy that you signed for five years, $87.5 million. That's what makes it easier. <laughs> Knowing that every, every – I'm just being honest. That's the one thing that makes it easier. You can be moved from that position if you know you got five years and $87 million. It, it's it's tough to deal with because of the, the perception that you're not good at a particular position. But the fact that you're going to pay me this amount of money and I'm probably going to really – play four times a game, three to four times. I'm going to get on the field three to four times a game. Okay. Here's my thing. And I know that when you win a lot like the Cardinals have, you have a tendency to develop a tremendous ego. I don't think that Ali Marmol has earned that, by the way. But 
Yesterday we talked about the Jeff Passon story from the deadline last year about how perception around the league was that Wilson didn't mesh well with pitching staff. Yet, Wilson did win a World Series with yes. Joe Madden. If you're Ali Marmol, how do you not call Joe Madden and say, how do you get the most out of Wilson Contreras? I hear all this stuff. How do you get the most out of Wilson Contreras? And we're going to hear that in the 8 o'clock hour. Do we have Madden right now? We, we can grab Madden. Uh, but Or do you want to do it in the 8 o'clock hour, Matthew? We'll do it at 8 o'clock. But my question would be, for Ollie, why wouldn't you call the guy that got the most success yes. out of your $87.5 million investment? I don't know. Maybe Ollie did. Maybe I'm completely off base here. But it seemed like with what Joe Madden said yesterday, it didn't appear as if somebody from the Cardinals had called him to ask. And, and it seems as though, listening to Joe Madden speak about him, it seemed as though he is, Wilson Contreras is a guy that is willing to listen, yes. willing to learn, willing to put in the work to do all of the things that are required to be successful, which if you've had this much success in your career up until this point, you have, would have had to have been uh, at some point. So it, it's an intriguing position that the Cardinals are in right now. I, I'm you essentially are going to have a lineup, an old school lineup, like it's a pitcher batting in the nine hole because Kisner mm-hmm. isn't going to give you much, which, again, that may be an issue later on down the line. He's doing well. He's going to do well behind the plate. But at the plate, how well he's going to do and how does that affect your lineup and, and your opportunity to win games? Well, and that's what I, you know, we were talking about before the show is I was just thinking about it last night. If you compare in the past for Wilson Contreras got here, a lot of those pitchers were very comfortable with Andrew Kisner. Miles Michaelis even prefer, preferred um, Andrew Kisner mm-hmm. even when Yachty was there and so you look at his numbers this season. And then you think about Jordan Montgomery has been doing really well. We've said over and over again, the most consistent arm. Who has he been throwing to? Wilson, Wilson Contreras. Wilson, right. And then Jack Flaherty has been working with J- Wilson Contreras. It'll be interesting to see how his start goes tonight. But I, I don't know. It, to me, it seems like if you were just going to intend on having Andrew Kisner being your primary catcher, that was something that probably should have been evaluated or maybe talk to your pitching staff beforehand. And that's where... Everything is very, very coded in the way that it feels like you're just hieroglyphics, right? That you're trying to decipher all this and what what they're saying with how this is going, because it's just left up to assumption, right? Yeah, I may have been, and this is just me speaking, hypothetically, if I ran an organization, I may have been inclined to talk to my pitching staff before I invested $87.5 million. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So it is Jack Flaherty tonight, by the way, and uh, last game out. Uh, uh, for Jack, it was against the Angels. Uh, he went two and a third. He allowed ten runs on nine hits. So Jack needs to pitch a little bit better. A little bit better than he pitched in that outing. A lot uh, of it better. Yeah, uh, uh, two and a third, ten runs on nine hits, and a walk. I, I just I think the thing that bothers me the most about the Wilson Contreras conversation and the move is it almost feels like the poor pitching is placed solely on one person when. You got five guys that were yeah. that mm-hmm. that go up there and do their job. As you said, the the best one has been Jordan Montgomery. He has been pitching. His his record doesn't show that he's the best, but he's had the most quality starts. Had the best innings, you know, in his starts. It's frustrating for me that the narrative feels like Wilson Contreras is the problem. Now, last night was a good game with Kisner behind the plate. If they continue it, then maybe that does play into it. But 
it just feels kind of lazy to put all of the blame on one person. A couple of other notes for you. The Golden Knights over the Oilers last night. Vegas leads that series over Edmonton two games to one. NBA playoffs. The Heat moved to the brink of eliminating the Knicks with a 109-101 win. And the Warriors moved to the brink of being eliminated by the Lakers. Lonnie Walker? Uh, 15 Ooh. points in the fourth quarter. Lakers lead that series three games to one. Lonnie Walker, the 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 IV. The Went off. Yeah. Went off in the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Kobe-esque fourth quarter yeah. for Lonnie yeah. Walker. So the Warriors uh, need to win three in a row and make some history. City SC takes on the Chicago Fire tonight at 7 o'clock in the round of four in the U.S. Open Cup. And this game is here, right, at the City Park? No, they're, they're uh, up in Chicago both up uh, in Ch- twice in five days. Oh, okay. So uh, City and the Cardinals both in Chicago. Uh, Tim Parker will be available tonight, but still suspended for Saturday's game. I don't think they should su- suspend any MLS players. I don't think that should. Did he get suspended for an on-field issue? Well, he accumulated five yellow cards. Okay, that's, uh, any, it should be anything goes. We talked about that, though. Didn't we? Didn't you yeah. ask that, yeah. about how many fouls uh-huh. were they yeah. going to? Yeah, when you play an aggressive style, you tend to be, sometimes you can be over-aggressive. Yeah. What do we have, 34 games that we play? Yep. I think it should be 34 red cards. That's heavy. That, that would get you that, suspended. That, would, that seems that like would, a problem. That seems like a, 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 well, a felon. If, if, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you want to Americanize the sport a little bit. If you were, if you would have watched the, the game before it got suspended on Saturday, you'd think the city was full full of criminals. Because I like it. The, the Dallas is rolling on the ground for like 25 minutes in the first half. That was pathetic. I'm usually not the one to complain about soccer flopping, but... Good Lord, Dallas, have some pride. Yeah, really. Hey, we're off and running here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Cardinals win last night, 3-1 over the Cubs. Yeah. Tra-la, uh, tra-la. Pretty good. <laughs> Cardinals are coming. Uh, and Aaron told us. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. We are. We're going to be okay. Might be 500, but still. We're, <laughs> we're still 12-24, and 24, Randy. But we're 2-0 and 0 in our last two. Uh, there we you win go. one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. It has happened before. So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. <laughs> I got a feeling things are about to turn around for us. Ollie sounds like he is like a chain smoker sounds now, like, huh? Sounds like Lou Brown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Birdwatch is coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. All right, time for the Bird Watch here on 101 ESPN. We've got some bird sounds. There we go. Uh, CD, uh, that looks comfortable now. The, the microphone, you what'd you do? I don't know. I'm still working here. Okay. I, I'll I get almost, you some duct tape. I almost broke the thing in the break. So. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Look at you with the correct pronunciation of duct. I duct like that. You like D-U-C-T, right? Yeah, you did it right. No, you're right. Thank you. Duct tape. It's for ducts in homes so that your HVAC system doesn't have leaks. That's a very good thing. Yeah. And everything I'll else, by ahead. the way. If you need to fix a car, yeah. if you have a, uh, <laughs> anything that's broken. Dude, I saw duct tape on a window, as a window. That works. Recently. It's a replacement. I mean, you just whatever. peel it back when you need well, some yeah. air. You just don't have any air, I guess. My, my favorite is when it's, when it's literally a fender for a car. <laughs> 
It, it works well when it's a great car. <laughs> that was my wallet for a couple years. All right, so I'm gonna I'll kick off Bird Watch for us today. Now that we've figured out the duck duck tape debacle. How about that? Okay, so. Um, I cannot remember the guy who tweeted this out yesterday, but I sent this to you guys in the group chat that this is something of note to watch for. So the Cardinals must promote Jordan Walker by next Tuesday if they hope to be eligible for the prospect promotion incentive additional first round draft pick award should he win rookie of the year. It requires he spends at least 172 days on a Major League Baseball roster. I found that that was interesting because that's a little bit sooner than I was thinking. And then at the same time, too, I kind of forgot about that as well, that that's kind of (laughs) an important thing. But something else that somebody pointed out, and I don't know if this is 100% accurate, but it says they can wait until next season to trigger the prospect promotion incentive with Walker. But... Is that what you want to do with him? Keep him in the minors all year long. That means you would, yeah. That's what that's what that means. Especially when your manager said when they sent him down, he's a superstar. Yeah, superstars oh. play in the major leagues. Yeah, but you know what? That that could change. I mean, Wilson Contreras was going to be the catcher, and Newt Barr was going to be the center fielder, and <laughs> the Zach Thompson all. was going to be the lefty reliever. Yeah. Yeah. Things are uh, th- things are fluid. Fluid. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. If you're talking about, you know, we talked about Wilson Contreras earlier, and you know, you worry about how that was going to impact his confidence. Luckily, he's had some years mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of be able to shake things off. With Jordan Walker, as mature as he is. I can imagine that that would be frustrating knowing that you had that opportunity and you're just waiting and hoping that maybe you'll be able to come back next week so that you have that opportunity to do that. Yeah, it, I mean, it's I don't know what if they're going to bring him up or not. And Randy, maybe you can tell me when is the time where the uh, he, they actually pick up a year if he does if he's not on the roster. What's that, the what's the time frame for that? That's changed now with the new CBA, but. If they keep him down basically until June, I don't think that he'll be able to accumulate enough service then, time. Then they will. Yeah. Then they will add themselves another year. The Cardinals right. will of service for him, right. where they don't have to pay him or, or arbitration and all those things. Yeah. Which I think it seems as though that's probably the way that they're going. Unfortunately, I hate that rule. I hate that decision because we saw the the ramifications with with Chris Bryant in Chicago when you don't allow a guy to do to be the best player on your team and be the best player on the roster, and you decide to essentially play politics with it financially, It's a, it can be a, a detrimental thing going well, forward. And word on the street is that Jordan, although the Cardinals say that he took it professionally, is very, very, very unhappy about I mean, being wouldn't sent you down, be, as he should be. Wouldn't yeah. you be? I mean, you're, you're, you're doing extremely well here. Mm-hmm. 20 hits in 20 games. You know, maybe you did have a few holes in your swing, and, and they, they are professional baseball players. They are professional coaches and pitchers. They're finding the things that you don't do well. But it seemed to me that he was figuring things out every time. I told you the last three games he was 4 for 10. You hit 400 in the major leagues, you're probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, you can't really say that he was struggling on his way out, and that's a that's a tough deal to deal with if you're a young player. Well, mm-hmm. and just real quick, too, I, I thought it was interesting because then somebody replied to that comment and said, well, yeah, but Corbin Carroll is favored to win the National League. Could you imagine, just think for a second, could you imagine the Carls <laughs> be like, hey, so this Corbin Carroll guy, he's doing really well anyways. Don't worry about it this season. I mean, that's what that's what that sounds like, right? Like there, there's yeah. no way that that is the right way to think or approach that is that one guy's already going to run away with it. Sorry. Yeah. Usually the favorite doesn't win rookie of the year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that is not that, that's not the approach the Cardinals should take. And if you're going to 
promote a guy, uh, not promote him to the majors, but if you're going to promote a guy as a superstar, as the Cardinals did, as jo- uh, John Mosellock said, he's our best hitting prospect since Albert Pujols, you kind of expect that he's going to win Rookie of the Year. You yeah. should. Superstar. Yeah, there were so many. Yeah, so many words. Yeah. My bird watch today is Jack Flaherty. We talked about him earlier. Uh, his last game out, his last start, you said Randy, two and a third, nine hits, giving up 10 earned runs. Really struggled his game before that, four and two thirds, seven hits, five earned, five, uh, four earned runs. Um, and you want to see him do what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be the ace of this staff. He, we, we've, we've been talking about it. You saw the, the 2019 version of Jack Flaherty, and year after year we're still waiting on that superstar, all-star ace to show up. He, he, it seems as though that there was a bit of frustration with who was catching and who was performing behind the plate, the pitches that were being called. So now you have no more excuses. You got the catcher that you wanted hit you, and, and the guy that they want behind the plate in, in Andrew Kisner. So hopefully going forward, you see the best version of him. If he doesn't perform well, we're running out of excuses. It, it just is what it is. You have to take what you see on the field and believe what you're seeing as opposed to what you're being told. So hopefully Jack Flaherty can go out there Limit his walks. He he corrected that from the first couple of games. But go out there and perform well and have a solid – get a quality start. Get you six to seven innings of dominant pitching, 90, 95 pitches, and get out of an inning a clean cleanly mm-hmm. and allow whoever's coming in to fix the to finish the eighth and the ninth inning so you don't have to worry about it. And it seems like since day one in the major leagues, Jack Flaherty has been – motivated by free agency, which he will have at the end of this year. If ever there's a guy that should be motivated to be at the top of his game, and I still don't know about the shoulder if he's physically able to be at the top of his game, but it should be Jack Flaherty, right? Because he was, when he was a young player, he was looking at that Garrett Cole contract, $324 million. That's probably not happening now. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he wants to cash in as, he, as well he should. And I hope that he pitches well enough for the Cardinals that he's able to. Well, and you know what? Uh, not to say that it's a good thing what happened with Wilson Contreras and moving him. You don't have any excuses anymore with the starting rotation, yeah. right? You can't mm-hmm. say it's because Wilson Contreras is catching. He's not calling a good game, blah, blah, blah. You don't have that excuse anymore. That's thrown out the window. They completely moved the guy five years, $87.5 million from his primary mm-hmm. position. And so now that's completely gone. And you said you said you want him to get to what 90, 95 pitches. Yeah. Hopefully that means a little bit deeper in game because Miles Michaelis threw like what yeah. nine? <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Miles Michaelis threw ninety five pitches yesterday. And it was four and a third. Carrie, yeah. <laughs> uh, same thought process, different guy. Okay. There are advantages to being twelve and twenty four, and that is you can get guys that you never allowed to pitch in Double A AA or Triple A opportunities at the major league level. In three of his last four appearances, Jordan Hicks has been terrific. He had the uh, the the clean inning where he had the the three strikeouts against the Dodgers last week, and then he had another clean inning where he allowed only one hit uh, in, in one inning and uh, got a strikeout in a scoreless frame against the Angels. Then had the hiccup. It was pretty bad against Detroit where he threw the two thirds of an inning allowed three runs and did so by the way with a couple of walks and then last night was really good for two innings before the Cardinals took him out in favor of Ryan Helsley 12 and 24 give this guy an opportunity to learn how to pitch because he never really got that chance in the Cardinals system it doesn't make any difference but if he's been good for three out of four maybe he can become more consistent and maybe he can turn that stuff into something that's really productive for a good team whether it's the Cardinals or not because he's another free agent after this year but 
I would like to see more of rather than less of Jordan Hicks because it looks like slowly but surely he's figuring things out. He is. Uh, I said it at the beginning of the year. I thought he was going to be one of the the best pitchers on this staff. He had some terrible outings to start the season and has slowly but surely. We talked about not putting him in high leverage situations. He has slowly started to earn the the right to get back into those situations, and he's been performing pretty well. He has filthy stuff, and and it was a pitch yesterday where it it literally bounced. Uh, I think two or three feet in front of the batter, and I think uh, BT was like, "Oh my goodness, what was that?" He just overcooked. <laughs> that one but the next pitch was the same pitch and it was perfect so you know it's it sometimes it can be hit or miss with it with this young player but I think with when he's in there doing his thing it's really fun to watch yeah I felt like that was a really big situation for him last night where he's coming out where you could have been like oh this could go bad this could cause this game to go the other way but I thought he did what you need him to do would you say I don't know if that would necessarily be high leverage but it just kind of fills with Hicks sometimes when he comes in with close games that it is almost high leverage yeah, right right and well he, he has a tendency to make him high yeah, leverage exactly. situations right and he did <laughs> with the walk and but they got him out 27 pitches I believe he threw last night which is fine uh 26 pitches and that might be his limit I I just want them to utilize him at his fullest and just see what he be, can become because he does have a ton of ability. The concern with me for Jordan Hicks is, as you said, the walks, but walking the first batter. He yeah. has a tendency to do that sometimes, and that's the part where I, I worry about him because you get that first batter on, you know, it's, it can, anything can happen from that from there. So limiting the walks, but specifically limiting walking that first batter. Get an out. Get, get the ball on the ground and, and make, it, make sure you get that first out. Kerry, I don't know Dusty Blake from Adam. I really don't. Okay. Adam Wainwright or any other Adam. <laughs> but I, I can take you back to a pitching coach that I knew very well, and that's Dave Duncan. Mm-hmm. And Dave Duncan, he once had a pitcher named Bob Welsh who won 27 games in a season. And Welsh had been just up and down. Uh, I think he just passed away, as a matter of fact, Bob Welsh. But he, he's going through this 27-win season for the A's. And he was a guy that didn't have the longest attention span. And he would start thinking in the second inning about the seventh inning or start thinking about <laughs> yeah. what he was going to say to the media after yeah. the game. And before every single inning in that 27-win season, Dunk would go to Bob Welsh and say, can you shut them out this inning? And it just it, it cut everything down. It, yeah. it, it simplified everything for Bob Welsh. Okay, it's all about these next three outs. Right. It's not about seventh inning. It's not about the ninth. It's not about the media afterwards. I'm focused in on these three. And I think that's one thing that would help a guy like Jordan mm-hmm. Hicks is the mental approach. Again, I don't know if Dusty Blake provides that, but I think that's really for a young pitcher that never did have that opportunity to develop the mental presence of being a pitcher at the minor league level. I think a simplified approach would work best. I agree. Just oversimplifying it yep. even, just making sure you're dialed in. But that first batter, you got to get him out. If yep. you walk him, yep. he's generally going to come around and score. Throw a strike on the first pitch. Have yeah. that in his mindset. Yep. Throw a strike on the very first pitch. That's your bird watch here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, our friend Stan McNeil from Cardinals Magazine will join us. We'll talk some birds and more here on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is 
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azec to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, and our buddy Stan McNeil from the Cardinals Magazine joins us here on 101 ESPN. Stan, not only from the Cardinals Magazine, but uh, he wrote a book several years ago, If These Walls Could Talk, St. Louis Cardinals, and there's an updated version that is going to be released this week, so you you can check that out. Uh, Stan with us now on the Celebrity Line. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, Randy, and thanks for the plug. Well, I remember (laughs) the initial iteration of this book. What's it like now? Uh, it basically uh, updated, you know, the, the book came out in 2015 and the, 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 the revise is kind of uh, what's happened with the club since 2015, some of the highlights. Okay, good. And can people get it? Uh, where, well, let's ask this question easy. Where can people get it? Pretty much any bookstore and on uh, Amazon.com as well. But yeah, it's, uh, it's out there. Great. If These Walls Could Talk, updated edition. Well, Stan, I guess we should start with the fact of this is great that the Cardinals have won two in a row, especially with everything that happened this past weekend. That's what I kind of want to touch with you on. What do you make of this whole Wilson Contreras situation? You know, obviously big shoes to fill with Yadier Molina, but have you seen something like this before in the Cardinals organization? It's been uh, it's been different, hasn't it? I mean, uh, when Wilson uh, comes in and, and sees a, a third catcher, in the clubhouse and he's surprised by that, 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 uh, that's not a very good look, you know? And, uh, the one thing that uh, I take away from this personally is just how well Wilson has handled it all. You know I mean? This is, uh, especially this coming on the heels of going back to, to Wrigley field where, you know, to his former team. But, uh, I think Wilson has handled this really well. I mean, it, I thought, uh, Ollie had a brilliant move, made a brilliant move yesterday by getting Wayno involved and, you know, and having Wayno meet with Wilson to make sure everything's good. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to take a little while, but, uh, I think, you know, from the very beginning, Wilson has made it clear that he wants to be a defensive catcher since he signed here. I mean, I remember talking to him after the press conference and during spring training, so he really wants it, and I know the pitchers know that he wants it. So exactly what has gone wrong, I'm not sure. You know, the, we can see the, the record has not gone right, so uh, I think that's, that's a large part of it. But, uh, but it seems like uh, yesterday kind of shifted, you know, things kind of going in the right direction. Stan, it seems like there's been some miscommunication, at least 
on our end or, or seeing it on our end. Do you feel like that it's that way in the clubhouse? Are they getting the message clear and concise amongst the players? Because, you know, one minute you have Wilson Contreras isn't going to be a catcher and he's going to be in the outfield. Nope, nope, he's not going to be in the outfield. He's just going to be a DH. Jordan Walker, you're going to be here even if you struggle. Nope, you're going to go sent down, get sent down because you're not hitting certain pitches well enough. Is the is the message being clear and concise in the club? Concise in you know, the clubhouse. I think the message is being is clear and concise to the player. I, I think the way the message is being conveyed to the fans and through the media, I think there's been some uh, rough spots going on there. But you know, from my from what I see, the clubhouse is still solid. You know, I mean, those are, those are good guys. I mean, everyone in there is frustrated over the, over the start they the team has had. But I don't think there's you know, even with Wilson, he was surprised the other day to see a catcher in there, but yet the they, the team had already talked to him. You know, he was well aware of the, the changes or, you know, the that they might do something different moving forward. But the fact that he didn't see the catcher, I mean, it's like a, a little thing, but it kind of has a bad look, if, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Sam McNeil with us on 101 ESPN. And Stan, uh, it was pointed out to me, that another manager in in the National League last year said that Paul Goldschmidt was boring, and it was in the best way because of his numbing consistency. Goldie wins the MVP last year and hits 317 with a 981 OPS. He's back this year with a 312 and a 964 OPS. He's basically in in the maelstrom that is the Cardinals so far this season. He's having the same year that he had last year when he won the MVP. Goldie is he, he is in the best of ways boring. <laughs> Absolutely, and and you know, and, and he's usually typically a slow starter, so we have that to look forward to as well. But uh, you know, the the other day after uh, Goldie hit the three home runs, I was in the clubhouse uh, after the game, and uh, what struck me is Goldie made sure to point out that hey, I struck out three times the day before, so you you know this isn't always going to happen. I mean, he's he's so much about just the process of going through it and trying to do it things the right way that uh, he. You know, you can see why he doesn't get too high or too low over over the results. And on the other side of the spectrum is Nolan Arenado, and he sat out yesterday. We didn't even mention this yet on the show, but uh, apparently some uh, a neck strain. What are you seeing with Arenado? He's trying too hard. That's to me. That's as, it's as simple as that. You know, and when you try too hard, you swing at pitches that you shouldn't swing at, and even if you hit them, you're not hitting them the way you want to hit them. So, uh, you know, this guy just wears it so so hard uh, I think that, that's that's what I see Stan what do you think about Jack Flaherty and the start he's had thus far this season well it hasn't been what uh, everybody was hoping that's for sure and, and for me I almost think that the expectations we had for Jack coming into the season that you know everything will be okay if he can be the guy he was in 2019 I don't know if that was that was fair. I don't think that was fair to Jack. You know, I mean, he he hasn't been that guy for a few years. He's still trying to work his way back into being just a a, a major league starter. You know, just to get out there and have have some starts where he's not injured, where he can just go out there and, and pitch. And so I, I think it's going to take him a while. You know, I don't look at Jack right now as like the potential number one. I look at Jack as like he's one of the starting pitchers that he can go out there and you know give the team a chance to win. 
Stan, we brought this up earlier in the bird watch, but the Cardinals must promote Jordan Walker by next Tuesday if they hope to be eligible for the prospect promotion incentive additional first round draft pick award should he win rookie of the year. Are you surprised that he hasn't been called back up yet? I know that he's been struggling a little bit in Memphis, but it seemed like it was a puzzling move sending him down there in the first place. Yeah, that was a bit of a head scratcher for me, but I do not think he'll be up by next week. You know, from what uh, I heard last week, there, you know, there's there's a process that they're going through, and it's going to take take a few weeks. And uh, and Jordan has bought into it, which I think is the most important thing here. So I don't think we're going to see Jordan by uh, by next week on, on the next homestand. But uh, obviously, he's going to be back up here before too much longer. Stan, do you think that him being sent down could fracture uh, the relationship going forward with the Cardinals, seeing how surprising you know, it was? It's, it's That's certainly a possibility. I mean, this is a kid who just has his head on so straight. I mean, he, he knows what's – he's just a really good kid. They said he took – you know, the, the front office said he took the, the message well, went down there and knew what he had to do. So you would, uh, you would hope, hope not, but, uh, you know – you can't – the fact that uh, this is a guy who'd been up for three weeks was, was producing pretty well and then got sent down. I mean, that had to be a blow, blow to him. Sam, what do you have coming up on the uh, Cardinal Magazine? You know, we're working on uh, Nolan Gorman's story, uh, which is kind of fascinating. You think of Nolan Gorman, who this time – pretty much this time a year ago was kind of the Jordan Walker of this season, right? He was the, the hot prospect. Everybody wanted to come up. So uh, he came up. He, he came up. A, it hasn't even been a year since he's been up here. And the guy has gone through some, some ups and downs that make for a, a fascinating story. Santa, always great to have you with us. And folks can go to the Cardinal website, cardinals.com, to check out Cardinals Magazine. And we'll reiterate that the Stan McNeil book, If These Walls Could Talk, the updated edition out later this week on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take it easy. That is Stan McNeil from Cardinals Magazine with us on 101 ESPN. By the way, I want to go back to service time for Jordan Walker because that part of the CBA did not change. So if you're the Cardinals, okay, the 172 days has to be up for 172 days to qualify for for the Cardinals getting a pick. And one would be an amateur draft pick in the draft if he wins rookie of the year. You get an international pick if they finish second or third. However... If it is 171 days that he's in the majors or less, the Cardinals still get that extra year. So it might be more valuable for the club to actually get the extra year of control of the player rather than the pick. Take the roll the dice on the pick at the end of the year. Yeah, that was my that's just my first initial reaction. Right. Because I also hearing Stan here, hear him bring up the process. We've heard about the process with a lot of different things and situations so far this season. If I hear process one more time with these players, it's just like, what is this process then? I would love to get Jordan Walker's thoughts because we continue to hear everyone say, and I I don't know that he would be, you know, open and honest in in how he really felt in that moment, but there has to be a level of frustration. Randy, I, I can tell you from personal experience, I did everything that I was supposed to do to make the club on, on in, in, in Indianapolis, right? I did everything. I knew I was starting on all four special We're teams. We're turning this guy into a star. He's, he, he's, and he was much better than I you was. You right? his name. Kerry Davis. Oh, Me? no, Tommy. Tommy, Tommy Lipinski. Oh, yeah. Tom, I wasn't even going to bring up touchdown Tommy Lipinski. But even because he, he didn't matter. But I was had done everything. Yeah. 
And then they called me in and say, hey, we're going to put you on practice squad. And that was a shock to my system. You mean to tell me I've done everything right? And and here I am, an undrafted rookie, and knew that I had done everything right. Everyone looking at me like, oh, you didn't make the team. They put you on practice squad. It was a frustrating moment. And so when you're a young man and you do everything right, and then you become, you're starting to become the star that, that you've shown to be, and then they, they bring you in the office and say, hey, we're going to send you down. Excuse me? Why? Why would you do that? Well, you're not hitting this particular pitch well. Yeah, but I'm hitting every other pitch well. I can figure it out on my, on my way out. I mean, I can. we can work through this, right? No, we're going to send you down. And now you start to think, well, are you sending me down to get better or are you sending me down to save yourself some money? And so if that's the case, now it's a business. I am no longer a young man enthralled by all the excitement of playing for the Cardinals. It's, it's truly a business because you showed me that in my first month of playing professional baseball. It's a business. And so now when we go forward, we're going to handle it as business. Don't expect anything else other than that. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. Coming up, get your text into the Ear Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. We've got Take It or Leave It coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646 and give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio. Great to have you with us. Guys, uh, we've been talking a lot about the Cardinals' approach with these players, uh, with sending Jordan Walker down to change his mechanics or working with processes with uh, Wilson Contreras and sending out a guy like Zach Thompson ostensibly to stretch him out for a full season, but maybe to try to steal back a year of service time. Take it or leave it. In addition to the analytics department that the Cardinals employ, they need a human department. Oh, take it. I would sign up for that. I would do that job. You'd be good at that job. Just a person that just, when you make a decision or when you're thinking of making a decision, that person says, hey, think about this. This is a ramification of that decision. Just want you to know, you still may go out and choose to do the dumb thing that you're thinking, but at least you were forewarned of the possibilities of what could happen. This is an organization, Brooke, that for 16 years had Tony LaRusso saying, every day, they're men, not machines. And once he walked out the door, that was gone too. Mm. Randy, you're yeah. taking. Uh, oh no, I'll take. I'll take it as well. I mean, I do. I do think that the just having somebody with media broadcasting experience to show you how this could be spun, or somebody who has some sort of political background. Well, not even that, because even they screw that up sometimes, right? right? Uh-huh. But somebody who knows how many different ways something could be spun in the public eye. How about somebody with feelings? <laughs> Yeah. A human being is what you said. Yeah. Just a yeah. person yeah. that understands how things in society work when you yeah. are conversing with other people. Yeah. Randy, you're gonna you you led into my take it or leave it. Take it or leave it, uh Jordan Walker won't be here after his uh when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Hundred percent take it. Hundred percent. 
take it. A decision today, a decision a month ago, can impact what's going to happen five years from now. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think that people often think about that. As I said, the ramifications of that decision to send him down when he wasn't struggling could cost you a future superstar in the long run. Yeah, I I mean, you forgive, but you never forget, mm-hmm. is exactly. what I think. And I think that applies to a lot of different relationships, including business. And in that situation, that is a business decision. And I'm sure that there, as Stan mentioned, there's a process. And, of course, Jordan Walker is going to buy into whatever they need because, like Wilson Contreras said, I like that line, I'm an employee. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm going to do what you need me to do because I'm getting paid and I'm getting that paycheck. At the end of the day, you forgive, you don't forget. Yeah. All right, take it or leave it, guys. I'm going to play. We, we've had some people text us in, and I like this as well, because I said earlier, I like putting on the tinfoil hat every once in a while <laughs> and getting in on the craziness of the conspiracy theories. Crazy. <laughs> take it or leave it. The NHL, their draft lottery is a little rigged. Oh, take it. I'm going to leave it. You don't think it's a little weird that the Blackhawks lose two of their star players and then all of a sudden they get another one immediately afterwards? If if the draft hockey was rigged, so would NHL, so would all the, I mean, in the NBA, you have have sports that franchises, the New York Knicks haven't won a a draft in a while. I mean, I'm going to have to leave it because you would have to have that in all the other sports, right? It just, it just feels, well, not necessarily. It just feels, it just feels like, I don't know if you saw the video of Gary Bettman when he was doing the little thing with like the lottery ping pong ball machine. It felt as fake (laughs) as the fake tree behind him, right? Like it just, it just didn't feel real in a lot of ways. And I don't think that the ESPN broadcast after the fact helped with anything because then people were picking apart. I guess like Kevin Weeks, like he said something before it was shown and people are like, oh my God, this is this is absolutely awful. But now that you know that it was picked beforehand, it, still though, it's a little suspicious. It's just a tad bit suspicious, well, right? Just, here's, let's just look at it from this perspective, okay? Let's take the top six teams. Is Arizona be does Arizona being good have any impact at all? Does it move the needle for the National Hockey League? Arizona Coyotes, Montreal Canadiens in America. Does that being does them being good have moved the needle for the NHL? No. Mm-hmm. San Jose Sharks, no. Columbus Blue Jackets, if they're good, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, Anaheim Ducks, no. <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks. If the Chicago Blackhawks are good, does that move the needle for the NHL from a TV and a revenue standpoint? Did I read that they sold 1.9 ticket sales, season ticket sales, 1.9 million dollars worth of ticket sales after they got that first pick? Did I read that correctly? Yep, and it's not just them, but their NHL properties, everybody shares in the sweater revenue, right? Yes. And we all see how many Chicago sweaters show up with their miserable fans that take over every building in the NHL. Not all of their fans are miserable, just 99% of them. Uh, But... There is no franchise in this lottery, and the other ones, by the way, uh, were the Flyers, Capitals, Red Wings, Blues, Canucks, Coyotes, again, Sabres, Penguins, Predators, and Flames. There's no other franchise that moves the needle, including the Penguins, when they're good, like the Blackhawks do. It was 100% rigged. Take it or leave it. If the NHL, NBA, and all these other sports want to get rid of possibilities of people assuming that their lotteries are rigged, they should have one fan from every team present. Take it. At the lottery. One fan of each team representing, you can be a a season ticket holder, you can be, you know, regular fan. Yeah. One person from each team in the room 
Yep, I'm with you. Good just, call. Just yep. real quick. See how, see a lot how, of people are towel saying. Towel guy for us. Towel guy is in the Towel room. guy? Yeah. Blues, yeah. Towel guy. <laughs> uh, just, just one quick thing, because a lot of people also point out, too, like, this is just you trying to make sure your original six are succeeding because you had a lot of that bad publicity. We know. I don't have to recap it with the with the Blackhawks recently. You have your two very big names leave the organization. Don't you kind of want some of your... I could see where maybe but, uh, you read the things thing, a little though, bit. The Leafs haven't won a Stanley Cup since the 60s. The Canadians have been terrible for years now. The uh, Red Wings have been terrible for years now. I think they might have the longest playoff drought in the league. Uh, Chicago has been miserable. Uh, who am I leaving out? So you got Montreal, Toronto, Chicago, Boston was good this year. Uh, and the Rangers, who have won one Stanley Cup since the 40s. So I would love to buy in on that one, but the lack of success among the original six leads me to believe that that isn't part of their process. Also, stop doing the actual lottery behind and then televising a recreation. Just do the That's real. It's not a bad idea. Just do, just do it. Just, just do the real lottery on television. Hey, don't, just, it's simple. Don't be a garage league, okay? Good. Yeah. Uh, what do we got on the old text? Of course, the NBA wouldn't borrow that from the NHL for some weird reason. I think that was a Mary, was it a Lemieux or a Gretzky? That's why this is a garage league. Hold on. Uh, uh, one of them said, uh, let me get the quote for you. That's why this is a garage. Well, I'll just say garage league. That's <laughs> a pretty, pretty funny line. Uh, I've gotten plenty of use out of it myself. Yeah. Uh, Take it or leave it. Randy's prediction of Cardinals needing 90 wins are, is going 81 and 45 the rest of the season. And it feels like they might actually show some emotion on the way there. Yeah, I don't know about that. 81 and 45? That's the math, Carrie. Yeah. And we don't like it here. It to win how many bad. games? 90? To get to Randy's 93 prediction. <laughs> yeah, here you go. It was uh, Mario that said it's a garage league. It's a, that's a lot of wins. And it's a lot of series that they got to win. It's a lot of pitching, Kerry. It's a lot of starting pitching. So leave it. Yeah, we want to leave <laughs> so that. leave it. Rock, didn't you call the it, the Blackhawks were gonna get come out with this? Like in December. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Rivers also did as well. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I mean, as soon as soon as they were as soon know. as they were bad, you knew that Kane and Taves were both done. It was like this will be a nice little way to yeah. salvage that franchise. Uh, take it or leave it. The Cardinals need Southern Brook as their human hel- human element. Oh heavens! Oh, oh heavens! To, to have me consult, <laughs> yeah. be like, well, bless your heart, but good try. You know, <laughs> you tried. It's just not working out. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Given his production since he left, the Cubs do not regret how they handled Chris Bryant. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that. I, I, I'm going to leave it. You don't you don't ever want Superstar, regardless of what what's happening now, because you assume that, you know, the environment that you had him in is more... You just mm-hmm. assume that that would have helped and, and made it better for him, but... Yeah, you don't want superstars to walk out the door. Yeah. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Matthew's yawning. He's, he was in mid yawn. There's no need to I'm sorry, we're boring you. Oh, my God. He's doing a good job. I covering my mouth. I wasn't being rude. They heard what was going on. Sorry, Randy. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, you know, there was a manager whose process allowed Wilson Contreras to catch for a world champion. We'll hear his voice next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
6 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And Wilson Contreras made his return to Wrigley Field a successful one last night as the Cardinals knocked off the Cubs by a score of 3-1. to one. But still, the overarching story is that Contreras returns to Chicago where he won the 2016 World Series as their catcher. And he's not catching for the Cardinals because, as Ali Marmol said on Saturday, there are certain things in ways we operate that Wilson is still taking to and learning. And it's a difficult thing coming from a different organization and learning learning all of it. Former Cubs manager Joe Madden now contributes to MLB Network and was asked, well, how do you win a World Series with Wilson Contreras as your catcher? Talking with him or any catcher, for me, it's about, it is about conversation. Again, I'd like to, I mean, I don't know, you know, what's behind the partic- this particular move. I know they're, they're missing Yadier. I understand that. However, uh, Wilson's good. He's real good. And Wilson listens and he's very coachable. Uh, Mike Borzella was the guy that was in charge of him with us back then. And Borzi and him were outstanding together. So this is one of those things you got to like uh, slow down a little bit to just bump him out of that role right now after being signed like he has. And uh, I, I just don't get all that, but I don't have all the information. I think Wilson's very good. I've argued on his behalf in the past. Um, and there's no reason to believe that he's not going to catch that team well. So here's a world champion manager who thinks that Wilson Contreras is very good world champion manager one playoff game <laughs> that feels very directed randy uh, well are you are you starting the, to take the, the cardinals approach randy? of being coded messages yeah. these covert coded messages the systems that are put in place mm-hmm. are clearly not understood right now well the cardinals do say that they need to get wilson contreras up to speed on their processes and their preparation joe madden what say you well, first of all, his prep is great. <laughs> his prep is outstanding. Nobody cares more than he does. And again, Mike Porcello, to me, is one of the best uh, in-game preppers of, of anybody. When you get beat by the Cubs back then, you were primarily Borzello. He was that good at prepping. And him and Wilson worked very closely together. So he went into every game with a specific game plan. And then furthermore, you have to have an ability to maybe help him from the bench, call something from the bench that you might like. He might look in, look in for some help. A lot of catchers like to do that. So that has to be available to him, too. Regarding his maturity, listen, I had a lot of conversations with him. In my office, he and I one-on-one, and we talked about different things, and specifically that he would get angry too quickly, uh, and you just can't do that uh, as a catcher handling a pitching staff. And we started to work through all that stuff, and and he and I could talk about anything at any time. So, um, again, I, I don't know what's going on. I know Willie very well. Um, and I, sometimes a lot of this stuff to me is overblown. I think a lot of this stuff can be handled uh, through conversations. To me, the key phrase there is that I talk to Willie all the time. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. So the, here's a little contrast. Like called up a third catcher. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe just let <laughs> let them know. Here's a here's a contrast. So we had Jesse Rogers on yesterday, ESPN staff writer, and he said he was even surprised. And he came out with an article just five minutes ago on ESPN.com that you can check out. This is very interesting because he talked to Marmol about the whole Contreras situation, and Marmol said. There's so many different layers and elements to what we're talking about. We are making sure he understands the full process of how we think through a game plan. Marmal was asked to be more specific, rightfully so. That's the part I unfortunately won't disclose, and that's the part that I won't make sense to the, that won't make sense to the rest of the world. It just won't. I'll wear it until then. Well, some, somebody's got to wear it. <laughs> And so now you hear that, and then compare that to Joe Madden. What sticks out as the big difference to you guys? 
Well, there's a couple of things. Number one, Joe Madden is transparent. He, he's not secretive. And he, well, I guess the biggest thing is, is that Joe Madden has a resume. And if Joe Madden, he's not going to say, Joe Madden's going to explain it. Joe Madden is a teacher at heart. He's a baseball guy at heart. He's not a math guy. All right. He's not beholden to math. He deals in people. And that's why he has succeeded. Ali Marmal, to this point, based on what we have heard from the players, appears to be more of a math guy. Certainly not a communications person, certainly not a a people person. And if you want to win in baseball at the end of the day, when you look at the people that do win, it's still a game about people. And by the way, how ridiculously arrogant does that sound from Ali Marmol? To as a fan, as one of the best yeah. fans in baseball, for him to say uh, that uh, that's the part that I unfortunately won't disclose, and that's a, a, the part that won't make sense to the rest of the world. Ali, you aren't that smart. I'll get it. Give me a chance, okay? <laughs> I think that's I, I, I think the, I can make sense of it. I think that was a a, a poor choice of words. Try specifically saying that you won't get it, you won't understand it. Mm-hmm. Well, let me find out if I don't understand it. Tell it to me, and maybe they they don't want to speak on it because it maybe it has something to do with their type of game planning. Maybe it's different from the rest of the world or the rest of the baseball world, and they don't want to put that out into the the atmosphere and let other people know or dissect what the, what it is they're trying to do. I didn't like that that phrasing of that of what he said because like you said it, it makes it gives the idea that fans are dumb and they don't understand things well enough or as well as you possibly do. And then it may be you you're just you don't you're not saying anything because there is nothing there. I, it, that's the other part. Is it you don't want to say anything because there's nothing there to say? There's no real reason for why you believe Andrew Kisner is is better behind the plate than Wilson Contreras is. We talked about Wilson Contreras has won a world championship. He is caught for staff that have done very well, obviously. So the fact that you don't think he's capable of doing that right now is an interesting take. Can I make just an old school, old Randy point here? Yes. I covered Whitey Herzog. He's in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. I covered Joe Torre. He's in the Hall of Fame. I covered Tony La Russa. He's in the Hall of Fame. Never once, never once was I told by one of those Hall of Fame managers when I asked a question, oh, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the job of the of it's our to be educators, to be educators. You yeah. should be willing to explain it. And if it is such high level because there are some things in football that I could explain that somebody will, oh what the hell does that mean? But if I explain it or attempt to explain it, then it, it could dissect it and break it down easier. I was taught that you should be able to explain it well. You should know it well enough to be be able to explain it to a five year old. And if you are able to explain it to a five year old, then clearly you can explain it to everyone else. Well, and that's what almost comes off a little patronizing too in this whole situa- situation with Wilson Contreras is that you're almost making it seem like he can't even understand mm-hmm. the process. So yeah. you're, not only are you saying that fans can't understand the process, you're also right. insinuating that Wilson Contreras, a World Series champ, <laughs> All Star, also can't understand the process. Here's the thing. Your team, your club invested five years, $87.5 million. I know I keep saying that, but this is very important. This is pretty important. You should figure out a process that works. It sounds like Joe Madden did, and he found out what works to bring out the best in his players. That's what you should be doing. You know what? If you want to protect the $87.5 million investment, what you do is bring in Joe Madden. You are all. You always want to circle back to that, I'll, don't I'll you? You know this. it's not going to happen. I can tell you this. If I asked Joe Madden a question, he would answer it. He wouldn't say that you're too dumb. 
Randy, to <laughs> yeah. be able to comprehend what I'm doing. He wouldn't say that to me. Well, and you, you've also told stories. I, I haven't, obviously, I've met Tony LaRusa not in a managerial role, but you've told stories about what he was like during that time where, and I've heard that as well, you could actually literally ask him to break something down and he would take the time because he always felt like, okay, I know this well enough where I can explain this to you, right? He embraced it. He loved being challenged. And he would explain his side. And you could walk away and disagree at the end of the day. And I I always... I knew that Tony knew more than I did, but I, I had my thoughts, and he respected. That's the the big thing. It was respect. He respect, and it wasn't just mine. He would do his radio show every single Sunday on KMOX, and people would call in and take his shots. But he respected the people that were spending money to buy tickets to go to the games. I guess my my problem with that comment is if they are such high level thinkers and and so much higher level thinkers than us, how come they didn't think that he couldn't catch? <laughs> That's a fair point. Good question. That's a fair point. Because we keep getting these texts, too, and I I see this on social media, where people are like, well, look at his stats when, you know, the pitching error when he was over with the Cubs. You don't think the Cardinals had all of that information and more, and they met with him in person. Remember, they said that meeting, that interview process in Florida is what sold him. You don't think they asked him all these things and looked into every little detail. I mean, you know, CD, they will even look into your personal life well, and dissect that. Here's the thing, when I, I, because I have gone on one of those types of interviews for a job, right? Mm-hmm. They want you to break down how you learned it, how you coach it, how you teach it. But then they give you some some of their terminology. And are you able to pick this up? This is how we say it. This is why we do this. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, now you just marry those two thoughts together and you're able to understand it. I I, I doubt and I, I find it hard to believe that there is such a high level of understanding of the philosophy that a baseball player who has played in the major leagues for as long as Wilson Contreras has is unable to pick it up. All right, I, I want, we want your response. I'm going to read this again. This is Ali Marmol's quote. And I want you as a consumer of the Cardinals, as somebody who listens to this show, I want you to tell us what you think of this comment. You can send us a mic drop with the 101 ESPN app, or you can send us a text. Here is, again, the exchange. Marmol, there's so many different layers and elements to what we're talking about. We're making sure he understands the full process of how we think through a game plan. He's asked by Jesse Rogers to be more specific. Marmol says, that's the part I unfortunately won't disclose, and that's the part that won't make sense to the rest of the world. It just won't. I'll wear it until then. It won't make sense to the rest of the world. What do you feel when you hear that? We want your mic drops. We want your texts. We want your reaction next on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, uh, you heard the Ali Marmol comments saying, essentially, well, I'll I'll read it to you again. This is the, the key phrase. Unfortunately, I won't disclose what we're doing because it wouldn't make sense to the rest of the world. Your texts via our uh, text line here on 101 ESPN brought to you by Air Comfort Services. Uh, this one from the 636. He's basically saying we're all too stupid to understand baseball. Uh, that's what I got out of it. I, I I don't like, I mean, like I said, it could be either one one or two ways. It's that he feels that you all, you all, us included, would not understand it well enough because you're not intelligent enough to understand this intricate part of baseball. Or he's saying that 
we don't want to give out that information because it'll give a window into what we're doing here and other people will start listening. It's it's one or the other. Okay, I gotta uh, uh, I know why you're laughing. I gotta tell a one I gotta tell a, a one minute story. Okay. And I think the uh, statute of limitations has passed on this. Oh, okay, so good. After this Spag's first year here in St. Louis, the, the Rams went one in fifteen, okay? And Spags <laughs> slept in his office. He didn't allow anybody to go into his office. So at the end of the season, he takes his wife to Mexico. And they're down in Mexico first day. Okay, mm-hmm. supposed to be a week-long trip on the beach in Mexico. And the uh, director of uh, facility services over at Rams Park goes to Billy Devaney and says, hey, we haven't been in Spags' office to dust or clean all year long. Can we get in there and clean it up? We haven't been in there all year long. And... Devaney says, well, let me call Spags. I don't know. Let me call Spags. Call Spags literally on the beach with his wife in Mexico. First day. They, and Spags spent the entire season in his office. And they went 1-15. in 15. And the, <laughs> Devaney says, hey, can, uh, can they clean out your office? And Spags says, absolutely not. Nobody gets into my office. They pack. Spags and Maria pack that day, fly back from Mexico from their vacation, so Spags can protect the secrets of that one in 15 team that are in his office. Why, why, Ali Marmol, why do you need to protect 12 and 24? That's what I was going to say. Do you think that people, do you think that other organizations really want to peer into the process that you're, that you're doing right now? I, if anything, they might want to know just so they avoid that process. Cause it seems like, look, I like puzzles. You guys like puzzles, right? You know, everybody does somewhat. This seems like a very complicated puzzle that even the players are having a hard time understanding. Because if they could understand it, you wouldn't have this record, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the part that is. If it's too intricate for your players to understand, then it's probably going to be difficult. I mean, even uh, Nolan Arenado is struggling yeah, right now. Right. I mean, and and, so there's nobody to help me. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one from the six one eight. He's right. I might not be smart enough to find Bush Stadium this year. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, this one from the three one four. I feel like Ollie in the front office are <laughs> blank holes. That's not nice. Come on. Uh, there was another one here. Oh, here. What it sounds like is a thirty six year old manager with little to no experience who's realizing he's in over his head. Well. I, I, I don't know if you could say in over his head. He had a really good season last year in his first mm-hmm. year. And so you had some veteran leadership. That obviously helped. I think you you can go into a sophomore slump. Your second year, you're struggling a little bit. Teams have figured some things out. You are not – your players, your stars have not been performing well. Paul Goldschmidt is starting to heat up a little bit. But you hadn't been performing well up until this point. So you're going to – your record is who you are and what you are. You got a lot of other things that – uh. Just a bunch of mini fires that need to be put out before they can start the winning side of things. So Benjamin Hockman with the Post-Dispatch had an article yesterday before the game. Uh, by the way, Nolan Arenado, if you guys didn't see, I'm sure you did. He was out due to neck stiffness. But as we know, he's been struggling. His OPS is like 608 right now. Arenado, um, basically, with, with what you were saying... He basically is saying that he feels like he's got to do his homework, that it's just not working out for him right now. And his planning and process is kind of struggling. And so it's like, what is happening right now where you're having players kind of struggling that we know have the capability of formulating a game plan for themselves, but also buying into a team game plan, and it's not translating to on the field? And that goes to the top, right? You have to get the most out of your players. Here's one from the 636. I feel that Ollie's response is a manager that is beginning to crack under pressure. He has no answers on how to fix this team. And that's what happens when you put 
an inexperienced manager in place as a front office and say, okay, uh, we're going to help you out. But then he's got to be the front man for all of this stuff that the front office feeds him. So he's he's the face of it, but he's probably not it. He's the, he, he is essentially, for lack of a better term, he, he's a front man. Yeah. Well, right. and it goes back to what you were saying earlier about how much they could use kind of a people person or somebody mm-hmm. who has a little bit more emotions right now in this. Because you even look, we're we're dissecting all of his quotes and, and what he's saying. You can see him when he's talking to the cameras like afterwards and how he's approaching this. It is very confusing to decipher what exactly he's meaning. And then sometimes he won't fully elaborate as well. So then it's left up to people like us and the public to just kind of assume things. And when you're assuming, it looks like that you're not properly addressing things with your players. Don't urinate on my back and tell me it's raining. (laughs) The one thing I didn't (laughs) like, he said, was I'm going to wear it, essentially saying I'm going to be the fall guy. That's how that sounds to me. And if it's not working throughout the entire organization, Everything, and I, I, I will say this until I'm blue in the face, it starts at the top. If you have a boss, it starts there. And whoever the boss is, everything goes, trickles down. It's a trickle-down effect. And if it's not having success, it's because of it's not having success at, at the top of things. Okay, we've got a ton of response to this. We're going to revisit it at the top of the hour. But I do want to get to this mic drop from Sean here on 101 ESPN. To be fair, Ali Marmal still being the head coach of the Cardinals doesn't make sense to the Cardinal world either. So, looks like we're both on the same page. Oh, man. <laughs> we are we are Sean. not we are not Sean. in fire marmal. No, not at all. Stage. No, not at all. I am I am totally on <laughs> hire Joe Madden <laughs> and move and move him yeah. from it's, We've got coaching <laughs> openings. We've got he, he's been a bench coach before. He he's, he can We we are he yep. the man took the team to the playoffs last year. Yes, he now, did. that comment because it can be misconstrued in a way that that you know you leave that up to the to the person that's listening to try to decipher how they want to decipher it. I don't think it should have done that, but no. you know, so, there's still it. only nine games back, Randy. <laughs> As terrible as they played. He's he's keeping that process and game plan close to the chest right now. I I want to reiterate, I'm not calling for anybody's employment. I'm not calling for anybody's job. I just want to hire another guy to help. That's, That's not going to work out well for for anyone involved. You see, you're you're doing now. You're doing kind of the hieroglyphics that the Cardinals are doing right now too. You see, hey, we we can all it's play left this up game, can we? Interpretation. Yeah. So, uh, we do. We've got a lot of response. We're going to get to this at the top of the hour, but we do have to get to the fight next. Do we have a fighter? We do have a fighter. That's a good thing. And then we're going to talk uh, later on to Darren Pang after the fight, and then back to your response to Ollie's comments and. Ollie on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Ha, 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 ha.
Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And I don't know what's going on in here. What, what happened? What did I miss? Rocky wants to fight me. Apparently, <laughs> I think that's what's going on. I just, I just want to. I love the heating and cooling oh, no, thing. We do like that. You should let us add heating and cooling. We want to get our I, heating and cooling. And in I as did well. that. I didn't know my mic was up. <laughs> it was. It, it was. <laughs> These headphones aren't noise canceling. Oh, uh, that's that's on me. It just it made me laugh, and it's a hard thing to get through in the first place. So it may trip me up a little bit, but no, I appreciate it, it. It's documented that you want to fight me now. Okay. Anyways, let's move on. Well, our fighter today is Mike. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? We're doing well. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? I am. You know, I'm a I'm a Hazelwood football alumni. Hey. Wow. When it was only Hazelwood. Yeah, just when it was just one. They were still yeah, the house. We are. I mean, we're the only one that matters, though. So, Mike, I understand. We, Absolutely, I greatly you, appreciate though? it. <laughs> All right, Mike. Here we go. Which active NBA player holds the record for most thirty-point triple doubles in NBA history with fifteen? Is it Nikolai Jokic, Steph Curry, or LeBron James? Mm, I'm not Sorry. a basketball fan, Which, so I'm going to have to go with Steph Curry. Connor McDavid had a chance last night to tie the record for consecutive multi-point playoff games, but fell short in the Oilers' 5-1 loss. Who still holds the record with eight consecutive multi-point playoff games? Is it Wayne Gretzky, Adam Oates, Mario Lemieux? Have to go with Wayne Gretzky. MLB has gone 10 full seasons since the last perfect game was thrown in 2012. There were three perfect games thrown that season. Philip Hump. Philip Humber of the White Sox, Matt Cain of the Giants, and which AL West pitcher? Is it you, Darvish, Jared Weaver, or Felix Hernandez? Uh, Jared Weaver. Oh, okay, I sneeze. <laughs> Who is the last Cardinals pitcher to lead the National League outright in shutouts, being the only pitcher to throw multiple in 2017? Is it Lance Lynn, Adam Wainwright, or Carlos Martinez? I'm going to go with Lance Lynn. All right, we'll double-check the score, and we will bring in Mr. Randy Carricker. Mike, how you feel? Not very good. <laughs> Everybody's been saying <laughs> just, that. You sound very distraught when you said that. Like You, you came in with so much excitement and, and so much, you know, just ready to roll and not very good, huh? Oh, well, just being honest. Uh, well, we like that. You're on with us. That's a bright side yeah. of the day. Hey, that's right. Say hello to I Mike. I appreciate being here. <laughs> yeah. Mike, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. How are you, sir? Doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. My pleasure. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Yep. Which active NBA player holds the record for most 30-point triple doubles in NBA playoff history with 15? 15 30-point triple doubles. In the playoffs. Yes. So I'm assuming that this player is relatively old and has had a lot of 30-point games with a lot of rebounds and a lot of assists. That would be a triple-double generally, unless a player had a lot of blocks, which I don't think we have right now. (laughs) There is obviously one choice out there, and he is active. So I am going to go with LeBron. 
Connor McDavid had a chance last night to tie the record for consecutive multi-point playoff games, but fell short in the Oilers' 5-1 loss. Who still holds the record with eight consecutive multi-point playoff games? Eight consecutive multi-point playoff games. Again, I'm going to go with a goat, and I'm going to I'm going to uh, go with the the great one, number 99, Wayne Gretzky. MLB has gone 10 full seasons since the last perfect game was thrown in 2012. There were three perfect games thrown that season. Philip Umber of the White Sox, Matt Kane of the Giants, and which AL West pitcher? I'm going to go with uh, former ESPNer Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden. Who is the last Cardinals pitcher to lead the National League outright in shutouts, being the only pitcher to throw multiple in 2017? Multiple shutouts in 2017. Uh, Wayno was bad in 2018. I think he was okay in 2017. Did we have anybody else in 2017? That was a non-playoff season. Maybe Wayno wasn't that good. Uh, Brooke, I'll do the lifeline here. Lance Lynn, Adam Wainwright, Carlos Martinez. Hmm. 2017, Carlos Martinez was still good that year, I think. Um, But I think I'm going to go, complete game shutouts here, I'm going to go Lance Lynn. We have a winner of today's fight, but oh, this was a close one. Was a Hazelwood graduate like Mike with maybe a little assistance from Kerry Davis. I don't know. We're talking about chicanery in the NHL draft lottery. Then we get a Hazelwood graduate right here on the fight. I had a feeling. (laughs) Did the Hazelwood graduate take down Randy Carricker or does the king still reign? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. I'm so sorry, Mike. It was a close one today. Randy Carricker beats you 2-1 to one in today's version of the fight. Uh, it was fun, though. Thanks, guys. No problem. Let's go through some of those answers. Which act, which uh, active NBA player holds the record for the most 30-point triple-doubles in NBA playoff history with 15? Steph Curry last night joined the group. He's tied at fourth. He's still behind, well behind, LeBron James with 15. Connor McDavid had a chance to tie the record that is held by Wayne Gretzky last night when he fell short of going eight consecutive multi-point playoff games in a row. Major League Baseball has gone 10 full seasons since the last perfect game was thrown. 2012, there were three. Philip Umber of the White Sox, Matt came to the Giants, and it was Felix Hernandez of the Man Mariners who was the last player to throw a perfect game. Dallas Brayton was part of the two perfect games in 2010. Him and Roy Holiday had the two in that year in, in Major League Baseball. And the last Cardinals pitcher to lead the NL outright in shutouts with two in 2017 was Carlos Martinez, but Randy Carricker still wins this fight. Two to one, Mike. Thank you so much for joining the fight today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Good job, Mike. Mike, we appreciate you joining us. Was he a Hazelwood Central guy? Go Hawks. He was Hazelwood when it was just one. Oh, okay. But we are the original and really the only one that matters, Randy. (laughs) Wow. The Mecca. Indefinitely. If if anyone was wondering, anyone out there listening at those other two Hazelwoods. (laughs) (laughs) See, Kerry, this is why it works. I was raised by a Hazelwood grad. This is why it works. Uh, Panger joins us to talk some hockey next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
the NHL playoffs roll on. Seattle, second year. Seattle crack and lead Dallas in their series. Two games to one. Vegas grabbed a 2-1 lead over Edmonton last night. Held the, held the Oilers to only one goal, a 5-1 victory for Vegas in game three. So that, they lead that series two games to one. The Panthers set to eliminate the Toronto Maple Leafs. Florida up three games to nil in that one. And Carolina leads New Jersey in their series. Two games to one. It's it is not the sexiest names in hockey. It's not the the teams that have won over the course of the last few years. Whether it's Ovi and the Capitals, or Crosby and the Penguins, or uh, e- even looking at the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Colorado Avalanche, somebody that we haven't seen in recent vintage is going to wind up winning the Stanley Cup this year. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I, I do know this that uh, TNT is getting really good ratings for the playoffs this year. I think you talk about someone. I think the Florida Panthers are a team that is really hot. Yep. They are 3-0 against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They won the last three against the Bruins and, and went won that game in seven. That was that series in seven. That was a, a surprising win by them because everyone picked the Bruins to be I mean, they were the President's Trophy team. They were the best team all season long. No way anyone could beat them. And Florida goes into Boston, into it's not the Garden anymore, but they <laughs> go into Boston and win that game. And now they're up 3-0 against Toronto. They are playing really, really well, and they are fun to watch. And We'll try to track down Darren Pang here, but it used to be that there were a lot of really good chippy playoff players, guys that could score a goal. Peter Forsberg was one of those guys. Sackick was even one of those guys for Colorado. Detroit had their guys, uh, the, the idiots that you hated, like McCarty and Draper. They were the worst, but they'd score these timely goals, and they were chippy. Taves was one of those guys. Used to be there were, were a million chippy playoff-type players. Mm -hmm. There might be five now in the NHL, and Matthew Kachuk is the best of those. Well, yeah, for sure. And you know another name that I think we all know that's doing really well is Ivan Barbashev. Mm -hmm. He's been really good during this playoff run for the Golden Knights. He has scored three of the Golden Knights' six goals through the two games in the second round. Yeah, and he's another guy that plays hard. He'll hit. He plays a 200-foot game. What a great pickup for Vegas, by the oh way. Oh, my God, in yeah. getting him from the Blues because they really, when Mark Stone got hurt and he's been back for the playoffs, but they really didn't have that player that was up and down the ice that would play on the defensive end and could play on any line. One of the great things about Barbie is that you can play him effectively on a, on a first line. He's not going to be a superstar for you, but he'll go and get the puck out of the corner and get it to the front of the net. And, of course, he, he can be just a fourth-line agitator for you. So Barbie is a really good player. And it would be a bummer to see Ryan O'Reilly get knocked out. Although, I wonder if him getting knocked out will affect his market value at all. Oh, I thought you were going to say bring him back here. No, I, well, I think it will affect his market value. And I think the more his market value goes down, the more likely it is that he comes back here. Well, I don't, I don't know. think he, I don't think he's coming back. I just don't. The way that he left, the way that the season was going while he was here, kind of the the younger versus older, uh, I guess kerfuffle you can mm-hmm. say that they had. I don't think he comes back here. You know, knowing that this is no longer his team. The thing is, well, I think if they bring him back, they bring him back as the C. Yeah. And he is tight with Robert Thomas. I don't, I don't know about the Cairo situation, but he and Thomas are. Th- Robert Thomas was always out there at the Ryan O'Reilly school. He was. Yeah. Ryan, uh, Robert Thomas is under Ryan O'Reilly's wing. And sh- sure, he might have the contract now, but that would have to be something that you understand. If you're coming back for four and a half million mm-hmm. at the age of 32 or 33, 
you have to understand that there's new blood here, but he is an element that the Blues can use as a third-line center. Not as a first-line center anymore, but if he gets $4.5 million as a third-line guy to play defense and be a leader, that's really good. He's not a $7.5 million front-line center anymore. Yeah, well, and that was going to be my question is, who is going to be your other centerman? I mean, is Pavel Buchnevich going to continue to stay in the role? I know that and he did a know. great job of embracing it, but even he was very blunt with he knew that he mm-hmm. wasn't exactly doing the best job with it at times. I don't know what you do, Brooke. It's, you've got the, the kids. You, you can try Bolduc. I don't, I don't think Bolduc is the number two center right now for the NHL. I mean, they, they didn't really give him an opportunity last year. I have no, uh, if it's not Buchnevich, I have no idea who it is. And that's where you're kind of left with right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> we got some holes to fill on that roster. And I would think that Army. Uh, one thing about Army, number one, he takes accountability. Mm-hmm. When things go wrong, he says, "Hey, this is on me. This is uh, this is my fault." But Army also is great at admitting mistakes yes. and is willing to cut bait when he does make a mistake. And I, I think with this one. He understands the deficiencies of the franchise and what he didn't do last year to make them as good as they can possibly be. And I, I, I have faith that Army is still going to do a good job. I'm just trying to think of who that... I, well, Shenner. Shenner's your... It's Thomas and Shen, right? Yes. Thomas, Shen, and then... But you need somebody else. Yeah, who's... Who's your fourth line guy? Well, who, and, who was what Nolachari did last year? Yeah, and here's the thing: is you, like you said, we have Pavel Buchnevich kind of filling in at this moment, but I want him to be a top six guy, right? Mm-hmm. And a winger. I think he's the most talented player on the team. Yes. And I think he's his talent is best utilized as a winger. You think his his play wasn't as good at, at playing center? As he is on the wing, I don't think so. Yeah, and he, I mean, he did. A, I thought he did a decent job. I thought he did exactly what was asked of him. But I, I agree. I think he's more uh, dominant on the wing and, and able to score more goals, be more effective in that in that area than at playing center. And there's just so much responsibility playing center. And I think he's one of those guys. He could do it. Certainly has the physical skill set to do it. But you do have to want to be all in if you're asked to make a change like that. And so we'll see. Uh, is, do, you, do you neighbors? I think is a, is a wing. I've already pigeonholed, pigeonholed him in as a wing. They I, have a lot. I think they still have. I mean, they have some talent on the wings. It's, it's going to be finding that centerman yeah. and making sure. And and maybe I I don't know how how the cap plays out, but some a defenseman. There you go. A, a, a well, guy that that really hard nosed, rugged. A guy that is um. Not unwilling to to get into whatever needs to be gotten into. If Doug Armstrong can open up some cap space by removing one of his current expensive defensemen from the roster, then I will just forevermore call him Houdini. I won't call him Army. I won't call him Doug. I won't call him Doug Armstrong. I will call him Houdini. If he can find a way. He traded a guy who was having cocaine sold out of his house for Braden Shen. Yeah. Allegedly. Just the ultimate in army we trust promotion. Yeah, he's that a wizard. Yeah. I like how, I like how you put allegedly because that's very important to yeah, add allegedly. to that. And he was making like seven million bucks a year. It was unbelievable. And he had multiple years left with his hockey contract or, or the his, cocaine. Yeah, man, <laughs> I was just, I just you gotta yeah. just gotta be specific. Yeah, uh, no, I think yeah the the hockey deal. Oh okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, and it was allegedly because I don't know that he ever got arrested for it, but it was happening in his house. Hmm. 
allegedly. Was he living in, in that house? Oh, no, or he was, was it just he was a here. house he, uh, he, was here, he, he it's, owned? It's, Sometimes, you know, you own property and people... Sure, take liberties. <laughs> At times. Yeah. Maybe they no, weren't. You, you uh, never know. Yeah. No, I... Uh, no, Your Honor, I, I thought that they were just making coffee down there. I really, I thought it was just coffee I, down in Colombia. I had no idea mm. that we were turning out billions of pounds of cocaine every single day. Well, yeah, you know, here's what it is. If you don't know, it's not, are you wrong? If you don't know. He got out of it. <laughs> he didn't I know. I don't think he ever spent a day in jail. There you go. Good for him. Uh, so we'll try to get Panger either maybe later today or tomorrow. But uh, we do have uh, the Rush Hour Reset coming up here on 101 ESPN. And we've got a ton of mic drops from you. Interesting, uh, I think damning comments, actually, from the Cardinal skipper, Ali Marmol. We'll revisit them and then get your responses to them next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Leading off the Cardinals' second inning, designated hitter number 40, Wilson Contreras. Still having support from them, uh, it means a lot to me. On the ground, and welcome back to Chicago, and look at him. Look at Contreras, say booby some more. Some people embrace moments like this, and uh, some people run away from it. Uh, Willie's one that definitely embraces it and runs towards it, so that was fun to watch tonight. The Cardinal skipper, Ali Marmol, talking about his former catcher, uh, Wilson Contreras. <laughs> former catcher? Well, is he catching? Is nope. he going to catch for the foreseeable future? Nope. He appears to be a DH to me, kids. <laughs> it's 9.03, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And, yes, Wilson Contreras, the key in a 3-1 Cardinal victory last night over the Cubs. Cardinals have won two in a row, go for three in a row, which would be... A winning streak. It has, has happened, happened before. before. <laughs> All right, you guys, let's listen up. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. I got a feeling things are about to turn around for us. <laughs> That's one of my favorite movies ever. That's fantastic, yeah. (laughs) 904, time check, brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Here is what Ali Marmol said to Jesse Rogers before yesterday's game in Chicago about the Cardinals taking Wilson Contreras out of his catching role. Ali said, quote, there's so many different layers and elements to what we're talking about. We're making sure he understands the full process of how we think through a game plan. Marmol was asked to be more specific. He said, quote, that's the part I unfortunately won't disclose, and that's the part that won't make sense to the rest of the world. It just won't. I'll wear it until then. That's part of that part of it will stay in-house because we just aren't smart enough to figure that part of it out. Well, what part of that will stay in house? We've seen, obviously, we're seeing some of it come out of the house when Wilson Contreras is not being a catcher. He's, think, he's in the DH role. I think he's talking about their process. I think he's talking about their secretive process that has led them to <laughs> a 12 and 24 record and the uh, 20th best pitching 
ERA in baseball. I just imagine us as like, you know, in the, what was it Tom Hanks in the Da Vinci Code? Right, where mm. he's just like running around the movie, like finding all these different clues. Is that what we're doing right now? Where we're just kind of deciphering all these very, you know, in, I guess cryptic clues that they're kind of putting out there a little bit. Because here's the thing I'm always going to take your actions mm-hmm. as, you know, that has more weight in gold, right? Than sometimes your words. You essentially demoted him, right? You were even considering him be an outfielder at one point. Then the next day you change your mind on that. Now that he is, now you're going to applaud him after, which he did. Wilson Contreras, can we just say, that's kind of getting lost some a little bit in this, the way that he's handled this whole situation, even on Saturday, the comments after that came out, surprised that you have another catcher coming up that you didn't even know about. The way that he has handled all of this is a class act. And also a leader in your organization. That's somebody that I want leading mm-hmm. my club for years to come. I, I it's so many things that are you you try to dissect and try to pick apart and figure it out. I mean, I love Brendan Donovan had a heck of an outfield assist the other night. Was it last night? But the fact that he's playing outfield is puzzling to me because that was part of the reason why you sent Jordan Walker down to get those guys in the outfield more opportunities. Now Tyler O'Neill is on the IL, of course, but. It's just there are so many things that are happening in real time. And if they were 24 and 12 and everything that they were doing was working out in a in a manner in which you were like, well, it's weird, but it's working. Mm-hmm. It's weird, but it ain't working. And so, yeah, we you've won the last two games. So maybe there's a maybe you've turned the corner just a little bit. But it's it's puzzling when you have all of these different things taking place and you're still 12 games under 500. They got a long way to go to pull out of it, but it's just interesting to see all these things taking taking place. Hey, we do appreciate that you've taken the time to provide us with some mic drops with the 101 ESPN app. All you need to do is download that app. If you don't already have it, just press the button that says mic drop, and you can send us a mic drop like Bobby has here on 101 ESPN. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just the reason Mo and Gersh gave him for why they're doing things the way they are. Um, doesn't make any sense at all. They just have an incapability of taking responsibility for any mistake that they make. So, I, get yourself a fall guy. I mean, he said he's going to wear it until it until it's you know out there until the information is mm-hmm. is no longer needed to be hidden. I guess. I don't he's know gonna he's gonna he's gonna eat it. He's gonna wear that. He's gonna be the one that that is the the. I guess the fall guy, and and, and for lack of a better word, back of a letter, lack of a better term, he's the guy that is forefront in front of everything, and and the one that's answering these questions. But in in actuality, the person that you really want to know these answers from is the person that constructed the roster. Yeah, the person that decided to go out and sign a catcher who you decide is no longer good enough to be catcher. Those are the that's the person that you really want to get the answers from because. The the twelve and twenty four record, yeah, the players are are culpable, the manager is culpable, but the person that put this roster together is the one that you really look at and say, okay, so so how did this happen? How did we get here? What was Coach Venturi's line? You're either coaching it or you're allowing it. But also, I'm not mad at you. Oh, I'm. I'm what was? <laughs> yeah. I don't know that one. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the person that brought you here. 
Mm. <laughs> that's, that's worse. I don't know if that's any better. Right. Yeah. You tell a player that. You're like, I'm not mad at you. You're just here. Yeah. I'm mad at the guy that brought you here. You shouldn't even be here. I, you shouldn't even be here for me to be mad at you. And, <laughs> and that's the thing, though, is that, you know, we, we saw the introductory press conference. We saw how much they applauded Wilson Contreras and how they said, you know, yeah, you didn't like playing against him these past few years. So you had plenty of time to really get to know this guy. You went to Florida, Moselock did, and so did Ali Marmont. I don't know who else was involved. And you had a special interview with him. And you say, you told the public, you told the media that that is what sold you on him. And look, I was sitting there during that press conference. I talked to Wilson Contreras and Moselock and them afterwards. Not a single person said that they expected him to be Yachty. But it seems like, just looking and dissecting all this, that they did kind of expect him yeah. to be Yachty, right? Because if you're saying that this process was too complex, but somehow you're kind of insinuating that Yachty obviously knew this well, what was the plan going into this season then? If, if the process is too complex, then you simplify it for yeah. your best players, for your guys, for the guys that you – I mean – Essentially, you. I, t- I said this earlier. By taking him out of the catcher role, you're losing the DH spot. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. you're losing an at bat because Andrew Kisner is not. He's a, a fine catcher. I'm sure he's a fine person, but he hasn't had a stellar career at the plate. So you're essentially losing that spot in your lineup. That may be an important thing going down the line. Let's get to Matt, who joins us now via the mic drop feature on 101 ESPN. I really don't think that uh, Ollie was trying to say that it's not going to make sense to us plebeians down here, unable to comprehend all the nuances of baseball. I don't think that's what it was. I think he was saying that it's not going to make sense that he won't go into it right now because kind of like what Kerry was saying earlier, he doesn't want to divulge some information that's maybe going to give another team an upper hand. What do you say to that, Randy? (laughs) (laughs) that he doesn't want to divulge this information uh, (laughs) come on it's uh, up and in low it away up and in low it away it's not that hard it's that's it is that it that's all it's 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 pretty simple baseball is not a difficult game i was trying to figure out what publians is oh oh I, I was, uh, plebeians. It's the. It was the. Um, I thought stu- it, was, it was the common folks in Rome. Oh, the pro, there was the plebeians, the proletariat. Well, of course, and the you senators. would know that. He knows yeah. all history. history thing. Of course, anything what history. That? Rock is your guy. Is your go-to guy. I, yeah. I know nothing. I, I, you and me both are. I do think that that. I think that that's <laughs> another interesting perspective to look at with this because you could say that okay, this is a game plan that they don't want out there. But as we said, is this really a game plan? It seems like. Are you telling me that your game plan went as we're going to have Jordan Walker on the opening day roster, then we're going to send him down. We're going to have Wilson Contreras be our primary catcher, but then we're going to make him the DH. We're going to have Zach Thompson being our pin, a good lefty out of the pin. No, we're going to go stretch him out and be a starter. You're telling me this is all going according to a plan. So I I find it intriguing when people make sports so complex. Yes, there are intricate details. There are things. I'm sure there are certain pitches you want to throw to certain hitters, but there are also it's very simplistic. Sports is. Yeah. I, Bruce Arians had a rule. It's called the bunch of people rule. He used a different term. Mm-hmm. Bunch of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's a bunch of people <laughs> over there, don't throw the ball there, man. Throw it to the other side. It's mm-hmm. that simple. And so 
baseball, I'm sure there are simplistic things that are in it. Hey, this guy hits the ball hard when you throw it right down the middle. Try not to do that mm-hmm. against him. It's it's not I don't think it's so complex where you have to have all of these different this different terminology, these different words, this different set, all of these different things. It's hit it, pitch it where they're not gonna hit it, and hit it where they ain't. And and that's essentially what it boils down to. Let's get one more mic drop from Joe here on 101 ESPN before we uh, visit with Mike Claiborne. And Joe, kind enough to check in with the 101 ESPN app. What I hear from that quote is that Ollie and Mo want players to fit into a certain role into their box rather than be the individuals and players that they are uniquely to themselves they want players to be cast typed into their system rather than be be ball players i agree with that one thousand percent i think that's a really good point because and carrie i'm sure you can speak to this the whole reason that you get to the pros is because you're doing certain things that other people can't do that's that's why not everybody can make it to the pros (laughs) and then sometimes we've talked about this before all these different voices get in your head and do this change that but there's a reason you made it to this point and there's a reason you signed him like you signed him to be him not to be someone else not to be yachty not to be andrew kisner you signed him to be him Yes. And you you brought up Jordan Walker to be him. There are always things that you may want to tweak and and want to see better. But at the end of the day, you can't not, listen. Ali can't. Mo can't. I can't. Randy can't. Brooke can't. You can't teach greatness how to be great. They're, they, that's something that they are born with. And so if they are great in their own right, then you allow them to be great and you get the hell out of the way. You work on the things that you can work on, but the things that they do really well, hey, brother, you, you do it better mm-hmm. than I've ever seen it done. You go do that. I won't I won't try to correct you on that. That's Carrie. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. And this is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk to our buddy Mike Claiborne. We do every Tuesday. He's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One, two, three, four. Celebrity line, Mike Claiborne is standing by. Cardinals have won two in a row. Mike is uh, excited about the prospect of a winning streak. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, I'm waiting on the uh, announcement for playoff tickets on when they're going on <laughs> Yes, sir. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Claims, what's going on with ClaimsOnline.com? Let's start with something happy. Well, you know what? Uh, I would suggest everybody take a read of what Rick Ricamo wrote yesterday. And he's seen a lot. I mean, he's been in the business for 50 years, and he's seen good teams and bad teams. But I think he kind of sums up what's going on with the team as we speak. So I would definitely suggest that. We're going to do lunch with Clays and Joe tomorrow uh, around lunchtime. And, of course, Rocchio and certainly uh, Bob Ramsey, they do a two-man game, and the NBA playoffs have just been so passionate. And uh, Dr. Rick Lehman has his podcast drops on Thursday, and he always has some good information. Claims, you and I lived through the 70s, and we lived through the, the mid-90s after the Anheuser-Busch ownership had kind of checked out before they sold to the DeWitt ownership. I don't recall anything being like this has been, this 12-24 and 24 start and the way that the Cardinals have gotten to 12-24. and 24. Well, you know, I think it's really because it started. <clears throat> it was the beginning of the year. You know, there have been some times when – 
they they've had some rough runs where maybe they lose seven, eight in a row. But it was always midseason later in the year, and, you know, they'd rally. But, you know, when it happened in the first month of April where they got off to a bad start and then it carried over into into May, um, you know, it, it just it, – it, I think it just had a different tone. And I think – you know what? I think social media and just how the teams are covered today uh, creates so much more angst and uh, just anger with, you know, fans want to, you know, it runs downhill and the Cardinals seem to be at the bottom of the hill with everything else that goes on a person's life. They, they you know, want to blame the woes on them. And, and let's face it, they, they deserve some of it, okay? They, they didn't play well, you know, and, and you can pick a spot on the team and I can tell you why it did play well. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, it's different than what we've seen in the past. Claves, I saw you on Friday, and we were talking about Jordan Walker and, and what that meant for him. We didn't know that Wilson Contreras was going to have some big news the following day. What are your thoughts about what what's going on with Wilson Contreras right now? It, man, you know, Kerry, it's, it's the darnest thing you've ever seen. You know, I think if you talk to people around the game, they would tell you there's a reason why the Cubs couldn't trade Wilson Contreras last year mm. because a lot of people didn't think he was a catcher, you know, more than he was a hitter. And I think we see it firsthand that, you know, there's some issues that we as Cardinal fans know what the best looks like with Yadier Molina. And anything close to that is not what Wilson Contreras is right now. That doesn't mean he can't refine his skills, but, man, it's hard to learn a job at the big league level. It really is. And I know that they want him to watch the game and, and maybe learn a different approach on how preparation works. So we'll have to see how that develops over time. But, in the meantime, uh, it, it's it's a head-scratcher. I mean, you know, free agency is a roll of the dice. But I think you have to do your diligence as far as knowing exactly what you're getting uh, before you you get on the side on the dotted line. What exactly is it that he's not doing that, that they want him to do? Well, I think it really comes down to calling games, you know, uh, calling certain pitches your pitch sequence. And, you know, because of the pitch clock, there would have been a time a pitcher could shake a guy off and say, no, I don't want to throw that pitch. But you don't have that kind of time anymore. So you sometimes are, you don't have the conviction to throw a certain pitch. And when you have that situation, it normally turns out bad. And, and his sequence, if you notice, we've been getting killed on two-strike counts. And most of the two-strike counts have been breaking balls, a lot of sliders. And the reason why they've been hitting them is because that's all that was being thrown leading up to that last pitch. So you got to have to you have to mix it up a little bit more. And, and again, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a catcher. Okay, never caught an inning in the big leagues. But this is just from where I sit that you see that that's going on, and then that creates angst amongst pitchers. You know, pitchers don't trust you, and, and I don't know if that's the case here. But, you know, if a guy doesn't feel like you can, he can throw to you, then, you know, all of a sudden he's doing some thinking that he probably doesn't do. And, and one other thing on this front, we have a whole staff of guys who've never had to call pitches before, okay, because we had Yachty. Yachty called the game. He was a quarterback. So now you have pitchers that are like, well, wait a minute. I, I got I to gotta figure something out here. But you don't know how because you never did it. And so I think we're all kind of going through a learning process, but I think we have time between now and Flag Day to get this thing straightened out. Well, and kind of what you were talking about earlier about doing your due diligence during free agency, don't you think that those are things that the Cardinals did look at? And what do you think kind of made them feel comfortable with making him the primary catcher then? Uh, good question, Brooke. I would think so. You know, the Cardinals are pretty thorough about how they do things. Um 
this would have been a major red flag if they hadn't. And I'm sure they either said, okay, he may have a flaw that we can straighten out, or they never saw it coming. I think it's probably more of a flaw they thought they could straighten out. Um, putting him in this environment, um, you know, having a chance to be with a different team. So that that would be the obvious answer. Um, but, again, I don't know the complete answer. Uh, Klaibs, one last thing about the Cardinals. And uh, I, I have backed off my statement that uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to be the National League champions. <laughs> this is a bad Just division. A little bit. Yeah, this is a bad division, yeah. isn't it? Hey, Andy, Randy, last week, in the whole division, it lost 18 games in a row. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you go back to Friday standings, go back to Friday standings, you can pull it up. Look at our division, and everybody in division had lost at least four in a row. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> and it was a combined 18 games in a row. They lost. That's why I, I think that's why there's hope for the Cardinals. Yeah. Because they have the most talent of anybody in the division. And all they have to do is get on a run because you know these other teams are going to fade. Now, Milwaukee might have something to say about it. You know, they have good pitching, but, you know, I think their offense is a little suspect. And I think the Chicago Cub bunch is pretty good. I mean, you look at their everyday lineup, they're much better than what they used to be. Defensively, they're much better than what they used to be. Their bullpen is significantly better than what it was. You know, if they can get some stars, they get Hendricks back, and they can get anything out of him, they might make it interesting. By the way, one last thing. Being at Wrigley Field, if ever there was a place that was going to bring back memories of Mike Shannon, it's being at Wrigley, isn't it? Oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> I remember my first trip to Wrigley with him, and this was before cell phones. And he was talking to two different racetracks while he was doing play-by-play. Mm-hmm. He had a phone in each hand. He had a phone in each hand and doing play-by-play. And I said to myself, so this is what I signed up for. Okay. All right. Thank goodness for the mute you know? button. Yeah. I mean, it was it was incredible. And the night that we went out in Chicago, uh, they are legendary. I mean, there's, I didn't even know Speakeasy still existed until I went, ran with Mike Shannon a couple of nights. Yeah. I, mean, I thought that was just in the untouchables. But, I mean, yeah, they really do exist. Yeah. So, no, it was, it was great. And, you know, when you think about some of his calls, obviously the one with Albert Pujols, and he really enjoyed being at Wrigley Field, even as a player. Um, I remember he almost ended Don Kessinger's career. Right. On that double play ball, and the, they, they were threatening, and they had death threats at the hotel, and, and Michael standing down in the lobby said, well, here's your shot. <laughs> I mean, he didn't care. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he did not care um, – and, you know, he had some really good friends that played for the Cubs, you know, back in the day. But, yeah, I, that, that, that was his favorite ballpark. And he'll tell you it was his favorite ballpark because he had career, I believe, 305 in Wrigley Field. Yeah, he, he absolutely loved it. And you could tell when you walked through the doors uh, and when you went into that booth with, with Mike that, or when you were just down on the field before the game that he absolutely loved that place. Claims always love talking to you. Thanks so much for the time. Enjoy Chicago, and we will see you soon. All right, you guys have a great week. We'll talk soon. See you later. Mike Claiborne with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to head back to Chicago. John Denton covers the Cardinals for MLB.com, Cardinals.com. And John Denton joins us next on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Group 
Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. We head to Chicago, and John Denton, who covers the Cardinals for MLB.com, joins us. I'll bet he thought he was going to be t- covering a, a lot of pitching and hitting and, and catching of the ball and stuff like that. I'll bet you he didn't plan on covering a soap opera, which is what he's <laughs> doing now. John Denton, always good to have you with us on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Randy. How are you? Doing well. Boy, a lot of material that the Cardinals have provided you over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy. It's been insane. It's been stuff that you know, I, t- I told somebody earlier. Is like this is stuff that the Pirates do. This is stuff the Reds do. It's it, it times it feels like they they've been grasping for straws. Uh, you know, the outfield's a mess. They send us so they send the top prospect down. Zach Thompson's their best reliever for a long stretch. He goes through a little rocky patch, and all of a sudden they say he's going to be a starter. Uh, the, the pitching staff's a mess, and they take their ninety million dollar catcher and they throw him under the bus. It's it's been bizarre, it's been uh, crazy, but you know I guess when when you when you're losing, you have to mix some things up. Well, John, a big reason we also want to talk to you is your article that you have on MLB.com right now. Cards hold court ahead of Contreras' return to Wrigley. Um, I, you have a lot of quotes in there from Adam Wainwright and also Ali Marmol and Wilson Contreras. They did seem to have a conversation on Sunday. Is that correct? A kind of a meeting of the minds. What did you take away from the conversation that you had with Waino, Ollie, and Contreras about that meeting of the minds that they had? You know, they, they really felt like, Brooke, they, they felt like they had to pick him back up. Uh, you know, they knew he was kind of in a, in a bad place mentally after all the stuff that went down Saturday. Uh, who better to, to make you feel better about yourself than Adam Wainwright? Uh, you know, when the pitchers have a problem, they don't go to the manager, they don't go to the pitching coach, they go to Adam Wainwright. And, you know, you guys you guys have a lot to ask him tomorrow when you have him on the radio. But, but Waino was the guy who – you know, spoke up in the meeting and told Wilson that they still loved him and and, and they still believed in him and they still wanted him to be their catcher. And, you know, he, he was the guy who really picked up his spirits. And last night in the post game, when Wilson was talking about his performance, he mentioned that, that everything changed after he talked to Adam Wainwright. Like, you know, we all know that this team's kind of missing Yadier Molina right now. They're missing Albert Pujols. Man, they're, they're going to miss Adam Wainwright next year because – he changed the whole temperature of this thing with with the way he talked to, to Wilson Contreras and, and you know reminded the catcher that hey we still believe in you and we still love you around here and you're, you're going to win a lot of a lot of baseball games for that organization so you know kudos to Wayno Wayno for for kind of smoothing over a rough situation. Well, and I saw also on social media too some people kind of trying to understand what he meant by the quote and what you have in your article. He said we poured into him. Now, look, you're from Tennessee. I'm from Tennessee, and Wayno's <laughs> from Georgia. You can explain what poured into means in that situation. You think, right? Yeah, you know, like poured, like poured barbecue sauce. Like that. Wayno, Wayno just, you know, Wayno says, "Hey, we told him we loved him." Like that's what people in the South do. Is they, you know, they, they, they put it out there and. You know, Wayno said that, you know, we had to let him know that he's our guy and we loved him. And Wayno said, look, I hated facing him for eight years and he's on my team now. The last thing I want to do is talk bad about the guy. And, you know, they know he's going to be the catcher long term for five years to come. And everybody in the organization knew that it was going to be a there was going to be a transition period without Yadier Molina. Like there's so much that he handled in the past that the Cardinals could just say, "Okay, Yadier's got it. Don't worry. Don't worry about Yadier. And, you know, they, they do things a little different as far as preparation and the way they pitch hitters. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's taken a little while for, for Wilson to get up to speed with that. Uh, but, but let's face facts. He's here because of his bat. 
and he proved that last night with the way he hit the heck out of the ball against the Cubs last night. Yeah, he had a great night last night. Is there any concern, though, going forward of how, you know, this can impact him mentally? I mean, you, you, you're you not doing the job that you were hired to do. And I think about Jordan Walker, how that could impact him mentally, just not being here. Is there any concern from the Cardinals, aside from the playing aspect, just how these guys are feeling about, you know, not doing the job that they were hired to do? Yeah, Kerry, that, that was one thing that I've kind of wondered, you know, when, you know, when stuff like this goes down, guys around the league see this, you know, guys, uh, potential free agents see this sort of behavior and, you know, maybe it makes them think twice about signing with the Cardinals or, uh, you know, I'm sure Wilson's had some nights where, you know, he's maybe tossing and turning or wondering what he got himself into. But uh, like, like we talked about at the top of the segment, like Adam Wainwright really smoothed things over. Adam Wainwright made him feel wanted, made him feel loved. Um, Jack Flaherty was in on that meeting. Ollie Marmont, I know Ollie's taking a lot of heat lately. Ollie was the one who orchestrated the whole thing. He wanted Wayno to talk to him. He wanted Jack Flaherty to talk to Wilson and let him know that you know, the Cardinals still have faith in him. So it's been a it's been a rocky few days, no doubt about it. And I think the way he played last night really kind of helped, you know, jar him out of that funk too. Hey, John, I want you to provide some context to something that we've been talking about that Ali said yesterday, and I'm sure that you were there for the pregame. Jesse Rogers had this piece up at ESPN.com where Ali said about the situation with Contreras, there's so many different layers and elements to what we're talking about. We're making sure he understands the full process of how we think through a game plan. Marmol, asked to be more specific, said, quote, that's the part I unfortunately won't disclose, and that's the part that won't make sense to the rest of the world. It just won't. I'll wear it until then. I took that as either A, the Cardinals have some special proprietary information that helps them win, that clearly hasn't yet, or that we just aren't capable of comprehending it. Can you can you add some context here to, to what he said and how you took it being there in the conversation? Yeah, yesterday he was... It was weird because Ali spent the first uh, few minutes telling us that everything was wrong, the perceptions wrong, and then you know, and then he told us how much they loved him. And uh, he, he did mention Randy that the pitch clock has a lot to do with this. That the speed of the game now makes it even tougher than before um, when you're trying to follow a game plan and, and the pitches are coming every 15 seconds. The clock speeds up on you. He mentioned the World Baseball Classic. Adam Wainwright, uh, Miles Michaelis, Giovanni Gallegos, and a lot of those guys were gone for a big stretch of spring training. So maybe the familiarity's not there. There, when he says a lot of layers, there's a lot of different factors that are going into this. Uh, you know, just the the style, the way the Cardinals want to pitch. You know, they're known as a team not afraid to pitch inside. Uh, you know, he uh, Wilson Curtis came from a system that didn't involve that. So. You know, some of it, some of this actually, I think, is just about giving him a reprieve, giving him some time off from behind the plate. Uh, Adam Wainwright even said yesterday, he said, I would love for him to be my catcher. Uh, I think he's actually going to catch Wayno in a bullpen today. Uh, I think some of this was just getting him out from behind the plate, giving him a reprieve for a few days, and seeing if it if it changes things. So, you know, when Ollie says, uh, you know, there there are layers that they can't talk about. Obviously, there's proprietary stuff there, but. You know, I think there's also just a, a pause to give this guy a break. John Wilson intentionally didn't play in the World Baseball Classic for that reason. We didn't hear any of this during spring training. It, it feels as though this is just he's be, become the scapegoat for pitchers not performing well th- to start the season off. Yeah, you know, Terry, that's 
that's the that's the ultimate point. And and Wayno even said this yesterday. He said, "Look, our manager hasn't thrown a pitch all season. Our catcher can't throw the ball and catch the ball." Like, you know, Wilson Contreras is not the reason that Steven Matz throws curveballs right down the middle on 0-2. He's not the reason that, that the Cardinals pitchers have given up 21 home runs with two strikes. Uh, you know, he, all he can do is call the pitches. And guess what? If the pitcher doesn't like the call, he can still shake him off. I know the pitch clock yes. makes that a little more difficult now, but, you know, he can, he can shake a guy off if he doesn't, if he doesn't want to throw a certain pitch, so... Uh, yes, he's, Wilson's taken the brunt of this. So, like he's kind of the scapegoat. Like we said earlier, Jordan Walker got sent down because the outfield was too jumbled, you know. And and Zach Thompson had his position changed. So it's and then now the pitching staff is, is in a struggle, and you know the catcher's kind of taking the heat here. So it does feel a little bit like he's the scapegoat. I don't think that's the intention of of the Cardinals, but you know it's kind of the way it's worked out, to where the the catcher's having to you know kind of, kind of wear it, even though the pitching staff has a five and a half ERA. By the way, if I'm Zach Thompson, and I was, like you said, best reliever for a while, and I'm going to essentially use lose a year of service time so they can stretch me out for next year, I'm kind of ticked. <laughs> I think I think kind of is being kind there, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, Zach Thompson didn't give up a run in spring training. Zach Thompson didn't give up a run his first eight starts. I mean, his first uh, eight appearances. And then he went through a, a three-stretch period where, you know, he gave up a run each time and all of a sudden there was a decision made to change him to a starter, which uh, I find odd because he didn't, he didn't pitch well as a, as a starter a couple of years ago. He was 2-10 and 10 with a 7 ERA as a starter. They moved him to the bullpen, and his velocity goes through the roof. So, again, that was just a, another, another decision that was a little bit questionable to me, and he's still trying to figure it out. John Den, we love your work, the way you uh, are handling this whole situation with the Cardinals, and you're, you're must-read at cardinals.com every single day. We appreciate you taking the time with us this morning, and enjoy your time in Chicago. All right. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, guys. Take care. See you later. John Denton, he covers the Cardinals for MLB.com and really does fantastic work and obviously doesn't hold back, which is you'd think that the guy writing for MLB.com might do that, but he's covering the team as it should be covered. He's not sugarcoating it. Not Even though all. he's from, from the South, not sugarcoating it. Yeah. No God bless your heart, anything like that. No, he's shooting straight. Yeah. He, hey, he's... Uh, he, you. He's declaring that uh, he's going to... Uh, I can't do that, Brooke. You have to do that. No. No? Rocky says no. no right. Why do you... Why are you... I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to head down the stretch with Rock and Roll next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Okay, so Ali Marmol makes his comments about how uh, we just basically would not understand baseball. And I'm offended on behalf of all of us. And then we get a text that says, Brooke is awful, very unprofessional, and not knowledgeable about sports. Why is she on ESPN? Get her off, please. And then I have to understand that there has to be a dumbest person in the world. (laughs) There always has to be. (laughs) This is something, especially young people, keep this in mind. Because I, I learned it too late. 
there has to be a dumbest person. There's a, a bad person in every profession, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a terrible one, and there are yeah. terrible people. And by the way, we're not talking about Brooke. No, we're talking about no, 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 the no. person that sent the text Clearly. to you. But that's, yeah. Brooke, you're, uh, l- well, let me just go through this. Awful. No, you're great. Very unprofessional. Extraordinarily professional. Has been for a long time. Not knowledgeable about sports. Super knowledgeable about sports. And on ESPN, because she is all those great things and has all those elements, and not only is she here, but she's going to be here for the long term. Oh, and and we, so nice. we just want to know, 636, who hurt you? Yeah, that's yes. it. Where did that hurt come from? What yeah. anger? What angers you? Yeah. This is, can be a therapeutic session if you would like. We can we can talk you through this. We can. we can work through this because, you know, when you're dealing with hurt and anger, sometimes you project. It's not really that you're upset. You're, you're, you're projecting how much you really feel about yourself. So generally, what I've learned, I, I go to therapy. I, I, I'm not a therapist, but I've, I've learned a lot in therapy. When you are angry and, and spew things and and, and kind of shout off at the mouth, you are just projecting your anger and mm-hmm. your hurt onto other people. So what you need to do is look in the mirror and ask, who hurt me today? What can I do to be a better version of myself? What do you say, Randy? Smell the flowers. Blow out the candles. Uh, and so- do not project your anger and your hurt onto other people. Yeah. That's your therapy for the day. Thank you. And this Sydney. person, so just for context, this person in the past said I was unprofessional because I used the word friggin, mm-hmm. and he friggin didn't like a. that. He doesn't like the southern accent it's the other, jokes. Yeah, it, it's the other F word, by the way, that would be unprofessional and get you kicked <laughs> off the air. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and I didn't use that, so I'm very professional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this person has a just just an angry... He also doesn't like Jackson angry. as well, yeah. which, I mean, who doesn't like Jackson? Jackson. Yeah, you are the anybody. nicest people in the world. Randy. Randy. Randy is hilarious. <laughs> oh, I love Jackson. He's great. Oh, hey, BK man. is going to be at Cybriggs in O'Fallon, Illinois on Thursday. Chance to win a four-pack of premium seats for the Scott Air Force Base Air Show, courtesy of Budweiser. Uh, join BK on Thursday. Get entered to win a four-pack of reserved seats in an exclusive viewing area for Sunday's air show courtesy of Budweiser must be 21 plus to enter that is BK at Cybergs on Thursday also your chance to score tickets to see Aerosmith with special guest the Black Crows on October 26th at Enterprise Center and we're going to do this until uh, the 12th here's what we're going to do on Thursday we're going to have people mic drop us dream on like Steven Tyler did <laughs> dream, yes. on. dream on the best, the best dream on. This is going to be on Thursday. That's going to be the contest, and we're going to get the best dream on, and you will get tickets to Arrow. Be careful because you I got this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to listen to last one. Is, the other thing you can do is text us now, 314-399-9646 for tickets to Aerosmith's farewell tour. They're on sale now, or you can text us and answer this question with which Mr. Rocchio has for you. Which NHL team had the best odds to win the number one overall pick last night? Here's a hint, they didn't. But which team had the best odds to win the number one overall pick last night? And get all the Aerosmith ticket details and find a bonus chance to register to win tickets at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 app. All right, Michael Claiborne was with us earlier and said, you know what, by Flag Day, which is June 14th, we might have a chance to get this all straightened out. And that reminded me of one of the wisest people in the history of sports, John Madden. And one of the things that he brought up. I've always said winning's the greatest deodorant. 
And conversely, when you have a bad record, everything stinks, and everything starts to unravel, and everything falls apart. Madden's .759 regular season winning percentage well, ranks highest among coaches well, with 100 career that's not, that's not coach, but Only that's home. coach being quoted. Okay. But that's uh, I, I wasn't hearing that. But the coach did say winning is a great deodorant. Oh, yeah. And sometimes even when things are going bad in the background, the, the winning causes people not to really recognize <laughs> what a mess you have on your hands. So my point here is going to be that if we get to Flag Day, which is a month and five days from now, it's not going to change what the Cardinals really are at their core. Losing stinks. Mm -hmm. And there is a stench that you wear. You wake up in it. You go to bed in it. You, you, Until you become a winner, meaning winning multiple games in a row, above 500, um, you're going to be looked at as, a, as an organization. Was it John Denton that said the the Reds brought up the Reds and the Pirates as, as comparisons yeah. to what we're seeing right now? That had to make Cardinal fans a little bit sick to their stomachs to hear that because there is no way in in anyone's mindset that you would be on the same level or have a season where people would consider you Reds like or Pirates like and so that's what this season is right now they've won two in a row so kudos for that clap mm -hmm. we're, we're yep. very proud yep. of that but yes. let's win two more and then two more and then four more and and get out of the hole that you have dug yourself into and let's stop blaming teammates and you know players for poor performances from everyone it, it's it's a collective effort it, let me tell you something mm -hmm. Randy. Wilson Contreras yeah. and, and Jordan Walker and Zach Thompson didn't get this team to be 12 and 24 by themselves they did not neither did Taylor Motter who we love but none of them every single man on the roster contributed in some way to being 12 and 24 yeah. so don't place the blame on on one or two people and by the way we have set up a summer remote road trip to Ooh. Memphis because Tomater is going to be playing for the Memphis Redbirds. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's go. He did to see Jordan Walker. He did clear yeah. waivers, guys. I guess we should report on that uh, since we do cover him <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> he did clear waivers and he's in Memphis. I'm going to go to a Memphis There we go. Game. Yeah. Go, go yeah. check those guys That's where out. you can see a superstar, right? I can yep. see a superstar in Memphis. <laughs> uh, it was a great job today by our producer and audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. <laughs> He's not, a, not an engineer because clearly my microphone has seen better days. Pleasure, and we'll get, we'll get our top guys on it. So, hey, Brooke, thanks for being here. You're great. Well, Don't I, let anybody tell you different. I do declare. I, I love being here with you guys. <laughs> I just know that number's going to eat me up for that. <laughs> they hate guy. that accent. <laughs> hey, uh, did we do it? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> One more time, Rob. No one heard it. We're combusting. Get you a fall right. guy. There, there you go. <laughs> Love it. Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and uh, being a part of the show. And by the way, all the mic drops, we do appreciate them. We'll have more tomorrow. Uh, we love you. And uh, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great meh, Tuesday, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.